Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to The Horror Hangout, a podcast where film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time and talk about them. My name is Ben Errington, and today I am joined by regular co-host, Mr. Andy Conduit Turner. Hello, Ben, and indeed, everybody. How are you doing? Hello, Andy. Uh, and also, we are joined by a very, very special returning guest. It's Stu Freeman, a.k.a. StuTube. Hello. He's geeky... <laughs> Hello. He's a geeky gay dude. A horror nerd, a gig promoter, a gamer, and YouTube YouTuber. Welcome to the show, Stu. Hello. 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 It's nice to be back. Thank you so much. Hello there. Welcome yeah. back. Um, it's probably a lot longer than we realized since you were last on the show. Uh, the last time you joined us was to discuss the taking of Deborah Logan, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Which was back in May 2021. So it has been over two years. That is kind of crazy. That's it's flown by, to be honest with you as well. <laughs> absolutely flown by it indeed indeed it has but i hope you hope you're well you're still consuming horror and all that good stuff at a, a decent rate absolutely yeah like still watching a truckload of horror and tv series and all sorts of things still constantly trying to game between doing all my other hobbies and events and stuff like that but yeah I've, um i watched quite a few horrors over the past couple of weeks so it's a good job that we're doing this because i've actually got things to talk to <laughs> talk okay, that's good. System. <laughs> that's good yeah unleash that pent-up horror that's it <laughs> unleash that pent-up horror well today obviously isn't straight up horror we've got some musical we've got some comedy as well and now horror musicals is not something that we've done all that much of obviously we've done rocky horror picture show is that it andy the only i think musical so horror? we haven't done uh, repo we've never the done genetic a... rock opera no, we've never done it. We've never done a Sweeney Todd either. Never done a Sweeney Todd. I'm not against the Sweeney Todd. That's fine. I'm not dead against the Sweeney Todd, you know. But uh, it's an Evil it's... Dead musical. But I'm but only on stage. I'm not sure there's a recording we could watch. Oh, okay. Maybe we want to we want to watch it in person. Evil Dead musical does sound like fun. I've been to see the Evil Dead musical. Oh yeah, twice you have in Korean, which is pretty good. Oh, okay. I was in Korea. I wasn't like just playing, watching it on hard <laughs> mode in England. It's <laughs> just like such a show off. Well, have you seen the Evil Dead musical version in Korean? You like the Evil Dead, do you? 
yeah try speaking you know try watching it in a language more and more as time goes on synonymous with horror cinema why not watch it in another language so i'm assuming you have like a, a decent understanding of, of korean you'd be oh, no, to... bollocks are korean i'm really bad no um <laughs> i can i can follow i can follow i managed to follow the evil dead and the song's actually pretty catchy in korean like a lot of a lot of words particularly pop culture things like uh so similar you'd be able to tell them apart okay you and watch um, it in english and being disappointed by the songs in, in yeah. english i did yeah. listen to it in english later and i didn't enjoy them as much i was like oh, korean version's pretty good um <laughs> but um i'm a big fan of any musical that has a splatter zone they give you like a white t-shirt if you're in the first like few rows Oh, and wow, okay. um, like at various points, there are chainsawing the zombies up, or whatever you do to get sprayed with blood, or at some points the zombies as being dismembered would like crawl out over the audience, oh. and you come out like absolutely caked at the end. Never managed to get tickets for that bit though, so bucket list. Oh, does it cost more to get splattered? I assume. I think so, or even though they just sold out really quick. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's part of the fun. Um, yeah. So, Stu, what? youtube channel are you still are you still sort of involved involved with that is that still a regular have you still got a regular output going down i know you obviously in the past you've done various lists and other various interesting video content i think we discussed last time you're on the show yeah so i had a bit of a break from doing the youtube stuff just because the events that i do um as a hobby kind of took off really well and and i've been doing sort of um bigger gigs and all sorts of things like that um and i've got like a, a stage at bristol pride this year and all sorts so it's like all gone a bit crazy um Amazing. And then, yeah the, the the sort of break that i had from youtube just became longer and longer <laughs> to the point where i probably haven't made a, a video in like maybe six to eight months now which is not really what i had in I'm mind but I'm sure all your all your old content still getting views though right because you the, yeah your numbers yeah. would still um, it seems to be me like still reaching quite a lot of people and um i still got a lot of comments about you know people sort of recommending me different movies and different like found footage films because they seem to be the most popular videos that i've got on there but funnily enough the one of the last videos i did was about um movie musicals that you might have missed and it had things mm. like trying to make a tv show and they get stuck in that and it's all a bit insane but yeah, there's like top 10 sort of musicals that a lot of people hadn't seen. So that's on the channel as well. Speaking of Little little Shop. I am adding it. It's on. Ah, nice. Fourth movie, Little Shop of Horrors. Guest, the guest that we've got, Cross Section. I don't know why. They're... I don't like musicals. Shit. Yeah, I think don't so. Even wanna, don't even want to go. And then you'll yeah, sit I there and have so. like, the time of your life. You come up with a big smile on your face, singing the songs for a week afterwards. Yeah. A couple of months pass and you forget. Hugh Jackman, what a, what a great guy. He's a uh, dancer, you can't beat him. Yeah, you definitely can. But um, but horror themed musical as well is is quite a combo. And I don't know. I think maybe it's just because part of me is I wouldn't say I'm like a elitist or a snob in any way about the horror genre or any of it. It's a combination that shouldn't work, really, isn't it? But the fact that it does and it so often seems to... most of the examples that I think we've seen, like I think I have a lot of fans, whether people's mileage varies, but I think both this and rocky horror huge cult status right yeah absolutely yeah. yeah i mean there's um there's a lot of really random musicals that like i said the people in the family who uh run almost like a sort of uh like a motel or uh, like a little hotel b&b kind of place um and 
for some reason every time they get a guest they uh, end up like killing them in some really horrible way but in a, a sort of almost like a by accident kind of thing but actually it kind of happened because the family are just awful and uh and it's it's actually really funny so yeah that's, that's a good that's japanese isn't it yeah 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 i think it's been mentioned by somebody before maybe maybe luke can't maybe, be like, I, yeah. if that or i know I've, I've definitely seen Stu's video because as soon as we're starting to say this like vague memory maybe i'm better read on on horror musicals than i thought i probably just watched your videos do <laughs> well yeah look at all this information i've got all this knowledge internalized it as my own knowledge but no it probably <laughs> almost certainly is you you've internalized you think it's your internal monologue just talking to i just know about this music? like a salmon swimming up the river i've just known it inherently in my genetic memory no no you've seen a video <laughs> you've seen it about you know you've seen a video maybe two years ago yeah i do <laughs> I do that sometimes. Do you ever do it? Like if you've watched a YouTube video on some on something, and for some reason it comes up in conversation, and you're like, "I've literally watched a video on this today." Everybody, sit back. Here's <laughs> all the this. knowledge I've got, and everyone's like, "How do you know all this about it?" And I'm like, "Got all ah, these yes. facts." People are like, "Oh, Ben, Richard Osman over there. He knows all I the watched little a, facts." I watched a four-hour video essay on this movie today. So uh, not this one, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually what i do i did right now you've mentioned richard osman i have to bring him up andy i have yeah, to bring him up and i'm going to so i was watching uh house of games the other day i think it was a repeat i don't think it was a brand new episode who knows they are they, one of the games they're playing i know they play lots of different games it was definitely a spin on the famous horror hangout game the name game where they described the name of a movie and just did a twist on the synopsis, and then it was—it sounded like, but wasn't. And I was, I was, I was fuming, to be honest, Andy. I was, I was, I was angry. I think I mean, we should copyright it a long time ago. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, Ben. So, if any of, if Richard or any of his research team are listening, you're very welcome. Let's not mention that my final round of any of the quizzes that we do is the end of Jeopardy. We won't mention that. Um, no. Especially since get the UK version, if Stephen Fry comes at me for that, I so said, no, Stephen, actually, I've been doing this for a while. Uh, to be fair, though, and I know I'm biased, Andy. I am incredibly biased. Ours is way better. It was too simplistic. They were, like, changing one word of things, and people still weren't getting things, and I was like, come on now. Come on. Yeah. People no, in the no British way. television comedy circuit, what are you thinking if you can't get an obscure reference? Exactly. Um, I'm pretty sure my version of name game is pretty simplistic today, though, so we'll just backtrack on that very quickly. Um, I guess we should, before we jump into um, the big, the film of the week, we should probably talk about a little bit of horror news before we do so. So, um, a couple of stories this week. Um, I'll talk about some game stuff. Everyone's, everyone here is a is a gamer, so let's talk about some game stuff. There was a summer game fest last week, sort of. What was it, Thursday or Friday? Um, and one of the announcements was that Nicolas Cage is going to be a playable character in Dead by Daylight. He was there at Summer Game Fest on stage. Uh, some uh, some Horror Hangout alumni were there in the crowd. Ash Millman was in the crowd. She got a photo for Instagram of Nicolas Cage in person on the stage. So, you know, there what do you say about twi- twice, what's the, how many degrees of separation? Is separation, it? so yeah, two, two from Nick Cage. Two. We're pretty close to Nick Cage now. So he's going to be a playable character. He's not going to be like a, a, a 
villain character, I guess. He's just a playable character. Have they done that often, Dead by Daylight? Like Dead by the... Daylight have done like everyone, but I guess Nick Cage is a goodie if it's like his is it like his yeah, Willy's Wonderland what, character, right? That, that's what that's what I meant. I don't I, no, it's not it doesn't look like it's his Willy's Wonderland character. It looks like it's just a version of Nicolas Cage, I guess, a la the unbearable weight of massive talent, but I don't know. He's he's in sort of like a I don't know. He almost looks like in a bit of a Renfield getup. He's in sort of like a, a, okay, a, a red suit. But he's not a Dracula. Maybe he's chasing no, no, people no. around after the piece of chocolate cake like the weatherman. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> you did Apparently, say obscure, obscure yeah, reference. Um, he's got like weird sort of uh, powers where he can control like branches and trees and things like that and stuff. That's what he was saying. He's got like mystical powers when he oh, was wow, on. Okay. okay, fair enough. But he just cool. he turns up on the stage and like was he wearing like a snakeskin suit or something? Did I imagine that in my head he's wearing a snakeskin? Thinking suit. of just what he wears, in snake in eyes. face off or snake eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I look at him and I go, yeah, it'd be good. Imagine you could like just transfer, just transform between Nicolas Cage characters as well. That'd be good. Be a bit of Ghost okay. Rider, do some pointing. It's the yeah. most if pointing offends you, like as you from the nineteen forties, <laughs> like be very offended by Ghost Rider. All I remember from Ghost Rider is, is his like jet black hair. Like, jet black hair and he points at so many the people. The best advert for Just For Men that has ever been. Uh-huh. It was jet black. Um, yeah, so there was that, which obviously sounds interesting. I think um, even if you don't play Dead by Daylight, a lot of people are going to be downloading it just to play as Nicolas Cage, I think, because, you know, why wouldn't you? Yeah, why not? Um yeah, uh, and the other announcement was um, a first-person shooter from John Carpenter called Toxic Commando. Um, and from the trailer, it kind of looks like like zombie-based. It's like a Left 4 Dead, food. right? It looks like a Left 4 Dead slash a Days Gone. Um, but yeah, having John Carpenter's name attached to it is pretty cool. Interested to see what he could bring to to that. Has he been involved in games before? I know he is. A, he is a gamer, isn't he? Because yeah, he wants. I think he's. Well, I'm not sure if he's overtly said I want to do this or whether it's just a passing. It would be cool to. He's a big Dead Space guy. I think he yeah. would like to do a Dead Space film. Mm, he likes a Dead Space. Uh, so this is from uh, Focus Entertainment and Saber Interactive, cooperative first-person shooter, powered by. The Swarm Engine, so that sounds like it's going to be similar to Days Gone, doesn't it? Just like with loads and loads of enemies on the screen. Um, and apparently Carpenter said, "Look, I really like shooting zombies." He's, he's coming out, coming out aggressive from the from the word go. Look, listen, 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 listen here. Uh, they keep telling me that they're called the Infected. He's done it like that, and he's gone. Please, they're ghouls, dude. They blow up real good, and there are a ton of them. People are going to love this game. It sounds like they've said, "Give us a little." Give us a little snippet of something to give say. Give a bit of attitude, will you? Come but on. Give it a bit. Give it a bit of attitude. Come on. That's what the kids like these days. And he's going to like, give a fuck. I'm a Listen, 70s. Listen here. Um, yeah. It looks like oh, the I'm kind looking... of game. Yeah, go on. I'm looking uh, forward to it. Looks good. <laughs> I think it's mm. going to be, you know, I'd like a co-op. I like a co-op shooter. The only thing I'm going to say, developers out there, Give me an offline mode where I can play with bots. I don't care if the IO is not great. I oh, don't yeah, want yeah. to have to wait in lobbies to get into a match. I downloaded um, oh the one that isn't Left for Dead, uh, Back for Blood. Mm. Um, 
and I lost my rag with it. I was going to have just a quick go. I downloaded it. It was on Game Pass, so it's going to have a quick go at it. I lost my rag and gave up and ran out of time to play before I could work it out to actually get into a match because of all the setup it wanted me to do. And I was like, well, congratulations. You've made this not fun. Um, I'm going to go and play something else. More Vampire Survivors, oh. I guess. Um, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I'll give it a crack because I was a real big Left mm. 4 Dead fan. I played it a lot. Yeah, same. Yeah. I, I thought that Back for Blood was going to give me that sort of Left 4 Dead itch that needed scratching kind of thing because I missed that game and I used to love playing that as like couch co-op. I really like couch co-op games. Yeah, put couch co-op back in it because, you know, it doesn't matter that you can see each other's screens Yeah, because you're on the same team. Who cares? But but yeah, I mean, that didn't really do it for me and uh, Alien Fireteam didn't do it for me either. That wasn't great. So we need something to to sort of... Mm fill the gap from Left 4 Dead 2, I reckon. And we're about to get another Friday the 13th because the one that was formally kickstarted and launched, I think the license is about to expire yeah, on I that. that. So, mm, but, they, but, that. but there's going to be another one because it will revert to somebody else and they will make one, I imagine. Oh, I mm. Because I'm a horrible pessimist and I just can't enjoy anything, I imagine what they'll do is make an almost identical, asymmetrical online horror thing. I'd love a bloody single-player Friday the Thirteenth game, mm. even if it was yeah. auto, even if it was auto generated, give me something with like a run and hide mechanic, like a clock tower. How they work? Yeah. Playing this little Corey Feldman running <laughs> about. <laughs> Call when me it's... developers. This, I'll do this. <laughs> when's when's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game out? Is that soon? That's a similar sort of thing, and it? it's like a. I mean, in the grand scheme of time, definitely soon. I'm confident without. Yeah, I'm pretty up. sure it's soon. Yeah. Um. And the only other thing at Summer Games Fest is they showed a bit more of Alan Wake 2. They've offic- they're officially calling this game the first survival horror game from Remedy Games. So they're clearly saying that the original Alan Wake wasn't survival horror. It was more of a thriller, spooky thriller. I don't know. <laughs> I don't an, know. Action, an action thriller, was it? Action thriller, yeah. But it looks like in this game it is officially Alan Wake and the FBI agent character. And it's a new like character, a fi- a right? 50, I saw the little game. 50-50 split. Yeah, yeah, the gameplay looks good. It looks like you're taking on like some sort of weird culty, maybe supernatural things. Um and yeah, so looking forward to that, most definitely. It's always always good fun. We've got Loads a couple of, of others, right, haven't we? There's a um there was the Xbox game showcase the other day as well. So Hellblade mm-hmm. two has a launch date now of next year. Either of you played Hellblade One? Yes, I love it. It's such a good game. Um, it's great. And the fact that it it's obviously it, it sort of mixes um the sort of Norse mythology kind of thing with um with like sort of different kinds of mental illness. And I found that oh, really right. fascinating. And there was like a sort of video diary of how they made it and how they looked into different kinds of uh, psychosis that were going to sort of bleed into the game. Um, and it was fascinating. So when I, I played it afterwards, after watching all these um, diaries and stuff, I, I found it even more intriguing. And I've, I, even though it's a, a short game, I think I've played it about five or six times now, all the way through. I love a short game. I love, I, I loved, like I loved Hellblade. I loved... What remains of Edith Finch? I think horror centric yeah. enough. Yeah, um, mm. I'm looking forward to Hellblade too. That'll be a that'll be a day one download and actually play quickly for me. I think it will get straight to the top of that playlist. And there's another horror game that's been announced as well. Um, now, 
I'll say it, it'll sound completely feasible, and then it won't be right. Is it beneath, like an underwater? Oh, uh, I think I did see it's like an underwater narrative-based yeah. horror thing. An underwater one, well, like a soma, but yeah, like a soma, but not in the distant future. And it's going to the depths of the ocean. It is. It's either the one I was thinking of or an identical name that is, that is called Beneath is also coming out, but it's an underwater horror game um, that was also trailered there as well. Nice. So yeah, and, if, and we get like some sort of Capcom showcase as well, like coming. Yeah, up, like that... next week is it the Capcom showcase? Yeah. Yeah, so maybe some Resident Evil Four DLC. Um, yeah, I think there was some more Silent Hill stuff as well, wasn't there? That I know we we mentioned the trailer for, but is it the Timefall one? That one as well, I think, is getting discussed next. Okay. Um, so there's another... so much, so much got announced. I kind of lost, I kind of lost that. That I didn't really understand when things were going to be released and in what order as well. Yeah. So yeah, back. Oh, you know, days are gone now. The real life horrors. There used to be three where it was just one three day period where there were too many trailers to catch them, and now everyone's doing their own. Because mm. yeah. Ubisoft are doing one this week to show off the new Prince of Persia that people are pissed off about for some reason. I can't keep up. Are they pissed off about it because like the remake of the Sands of Time just seemed to have just been forgotten about? Yeah, maybe it's that, or maybe because it's different, or it is it is the internet and games. Maybe there's a woman in it that makes people very angry. Wow. Um, what? Yeah, yeah, it could be, it could be any number of those things, or it could be you know Ubisoft don't know. But some of the studios don't have a great reputation for being nice places to work, so who knows? Who knows? Okay, lots of lots of gaming news. Um, the only other piece of news I've got is that there's a a, a new Ghostbusters image was shared. I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, for, on Ghostbusters Day, obviously the day that the original Ghostbusters was released, it's just the logo with a load of ice on it. So, so it's the first teaser poster for apparently the first the upcoming sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, now the assumption would be that it's just going to take place in New York City in the winter possibly i mean we're gonna get some ice themed some cold ghosts some ice themed ghosts <laughs> some ghostbusters ghosts. colon hell freezes over can't say hell in a film title can you sounds pretty good actually all right i say good i mean it sounds totally possible that's what i mean when i say good like if that came out as the title i'd be yeah right but was it the working title was was it firehouse for like and I don't know what that meant, whether that was just like a, one of those titles where they're like, oh, we better ship it to the cinemas and oh, get, put it under a secret title. Yeah, the, the base is a firehouse, isn't it? But I tell you what, yeah. Ben, you know what the opposite of a firehouse would be? Um, A water... But the ice house is what it would be. That's not oh, opposite. Oh, okay, right. you. <laughs> <laughs> That's how opposites work, you dickhead. Uh, <laughs> Stu, did you, go to, did you go see the Ghostbusters firehouse when you were in New York? I didn't. I, I, do you know what? It was on my list and I was going to go and then I got sidetracked with doing a million other things that um, involved yeah. like my state building and stuff. But um, I'm potentially going back in November, so I might go and visit it then. Yeah. I mean, it's just like an exterior, really. But yeah. um, when, I, when I went there, it was just um, there was loads of scaffolding on it, so I didn't really see much of it. So Everyone dressed as Ghostbusters outside with cameras, <laughs> like going to those Joker steps in New York. Unbearable, ruined by other people. Yeah, say that. So last last weekend gone, I went to London and we were just bumbling around a couple of streets in Soho. And 
I was like, there's a couple of people dressed as Ghostbusters. And then we walked around the corner and there was a couple more and then some more. And then there was an Ecto-1 car next to another Ecto-1 car next to the Blues Brothers car. And then a massive queue oh, of what? dressed up as either Blues Brothers or Ghostbusters. So we walked all the way to the front of the queue to see what was going on. And there was like a tiny off license uh, with a poster in the window saying Dan Aykroyd signing bottles of vodka that he's endorsed. Oh, yeah, the skull. Oh, the skull, skull vodka. Skull vodka, yeah. Skulls. So, literally meters away from Dan Aykroyd no in way. it. A little tiny off license. But there were so many people dressed up. It was I like... love it. It was just all coincidence that yeah. these people <laughs> dressed up. Can you imagine if like, absolutely livid that no one's dressed as a character from his vodka? It's like if it's like Harrison Ford who likes who likes um Indiana Jones but not Han Solo. Like, yeah. like, please, no. Why would it just gone as like Macaulay Culkin covered in bees? Just you know, it would have been much better to go <laughs> you know, better reference. Go go as my <laughs> surprise everyone. At the bees. Uh <laughs> wow. Um, I mean, that is pretty much it for, for horror news for this week. I've got down, unless there's anything else. Um, I guess we could move on to what we've been watching. Stu, you said you've watched a couple of horror horror things yeah. recently. Unleash those those pent-up horrors, dude. Yeah. Uh, so I watched The Bones at All last week. Um, oh, yes. And I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was really good. So it's like the um, sort of cannibal love story with uh, Timothy Chalamet. Um, so everyone's favorite pointy face twink, um, everyone's favorite yeah. little baby Wonka, yeah. <laughs> and um, and it was actually really good. It was obviously, um, you know, set in the 80s, and uh, it kind of gave me like near dark vibes. I, for some reason, I actually sort of thought mm. it was a bit like that, and it was um, a little bit like Raw as well, the the French cannibal movie. It felt yeah. like it's equal to that. I really enjoyed it, I thought it was, it was good fun. Mm. Um, I, thought, I, watched... I really, I really liked it as well. I thought yeah. Mark Rylance as that guy Sully was like creepy, yeah, like terrible. just creepy. It's one of those films as well where I feel like, do you know, they kept talking about smelling each other and like smelling other people and smelling. I don't know. It was one of those, a really stinky film where you're just like, yeah. oh. <laughs> so Every, not like... in a nice way, and no one's got a new yeah. conditioner. No, just... I think I know. I know what you mean by it being like raw, like something about it felt. Like blood and like the human body and everything, it felt really like just dirty, didn't it? It felt very grimy. Set everything was everywhere was sweaty and like flies were everywhere. Um, I really liked it as well, Stu. I was I was a huge fan. Yeah, it was really really good. I mean, the only thing that I kind of gripe about, which is a like a minor spoiler if no one's seen it, um, is that they kept talking about. Uh, well, obviously the title being Bones and All, and then in one scene they were talking about eating someone, Bones and All, and you never got to see it or hear about it again. So they talked about it for literally one scene, and that was it. And I was like, okay, that that's obviously if there's a book out there, it's obviously fleshed out more. Yeah. There is that. a book. There is a book, isn't there? Is there? Okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I picked up the book. I've not read it, but I picked up the book like pretty quickly after I watched the film. Like, oh, gotta watch, gotta read this. Never got around to it. So, so you don't yeah, get to maybe see. There's... Have not seen it. You don't get to see how they eat the bones. No, nothing. They don't. That's write, write down. How would you do, Ben? Would you swallow them whole, or would you giant style grind them, grind them to make your bread? I think you got to grind them, haven't you? I don't feel... grind them and then do a big old line of it. Um, I don't oh, think. I, I don't. Feel... I don't. Don't even bake them, them into a loaf like the giant. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. Actually, I suppose if you did that, that'd be a good way of getting rid of <laughs> getting rid of bones. <laughs> do you want a lovely bone loaf? 
<laughs> a lovely bone loaf is delicious. Not so good as a sandwich. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a dense bread, but it makes a lovely slice of toast. <laughs> Sourdough. Um, yeah. A- any anything else to you? Uh, I watched Bodies, 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 and didn't like it at all. <laughs> Just <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought when I watched the trailer, I thought I was really going to enjoy it. I thought it was going to be a bit like um, sort of Assassination Nation or something like that, where it's like kind of poking fun at itself but in like a a decent way for some reason i just couldn't get on with it and um yeah it's it didn't really do it for me but it had a couple of fun like jump scares and stuff so yeah it was okay Mm. um and then the other one i watched was a movie called the lodge um oh yeah with um oh alicia in the the beginning and that's right yeah yeah um i've seen that as well yeah I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was quite good. It's sort of um, two kids in a remote lodge terrorising their um, their dad's new girlfriend. Um, okay. Just kind it, of all goes a bit dark really, really quickly. R- Riley Keough, is that her name? Mm. Um, yeah, I remember it being like, it looked like the kind of film where you're like, oh, this is a new sort of like A24 style. I don't think it is A24, but A24 style horror, you know, psychological horror or something. I, I don't think I particularly enjoyed it if I remember right, but it's been, it was a while since I've seen it. So, Alicia Silverstone, is she just in the opening scene, if I remember yeah. correctly? Yeah, That's she's just in her real mom. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Hmm. But it was good. It, was that the was that the only only three really? You um, I mean, other stuff is just non horror related. I went to see the new Spider Verse film. Um, yes, I mean, we can speak about that very. We can speak about that very briefly. Not seen it, Andy. No, not yet. Okay. Well, we won't do spoilers, but there, I don't think there are many major spoilers. I'm assuming Spider Man comes out on top, but other than that, I'm oh well, really does he? That's the question. That's I think the like, question I'll answer when I go see it. That's um obviously there's an there's another one like fairly soon they're beyond the spider verse so. yeah um how did you feel how did you feel about that well i for some reason i feel like I, I was the only person in my friend group who remembered that when the the first teaser came out it said part one yeah so everyone else seemed really surprised when it was like to be continued at the end of the movie um mm-hmm. and it might have been because i haven't watched any trailers since the teaser so I just assumed that it was they were all going to say part one. But um, as a, a movie, I felt like it was quite long, but I really enjoyed it. It was stunning. The only thing is, I was in one of the showings where it had the really bad sound. Um, oh yeah, oh, they've okay. been they've been sending out new versions, haven't they? With, with... Yeah. So if you're going to go and see it, Andy, you need to go and see it now because it'll actually sound great instead of like see. A... In many ways, I've been delayed. I've been sorry. My experience will have been improved by having to prioritize. Um, the boogeyman last week and then being too busy goes to the cinema. That's it. Yeah, yeah. You'll have a much better experience now because you'll be able to hear some of the dialogue and, and the music was, at the same time. Actually... It was a balance issue, right? Was it that they the music was too loud? Uh, no, it was mostly that the, the whole mix was just really murky for some reason. At the beginning, the first sort of 15, 20 minutes was um, the mix of the, the dialogue was really, really quiet and the music yeah. was to be really bombastic I, and- so I, I did notice that but it was after i seen you mention it so i was almost like right. am i just thinking this because she's mentioned it and now uh, i'm like yeah. now I'm overthinking it but yeah i know what you mean like there was there was a bit where there was like a lot of music there was a lot of drums and there was like a, a narration from a particular character and i I was struggling to to hear but i think after that i didn't notice it again so 
Yeah, I think uh, towards the the end of the film, I noticed it more for some reason. Like some of people's voiceovers and stuff just weren't weren't hitting. I just couldn't hear people. And um, yeah, I, I came out of it and asked one of the guys in the cinema, and they were like, "Yeah, it's a it's a problem everywhere." So mm. there you go. Yeah, it's a problem everywhere. So you specifically are not entitled to a refund, sir. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Just you don't have to give me my fifteen bucks back. But yeah, uh... you, you say this if if you let this go, if we let this go now and refund you, Christopher Nolan's going to owe a lot of people a lot of money for incomprehensible dialogue. Yeah, I, I'm still bitter about Tenet, to be honest with you. Well, I'm still, oh, yeah. still ringing from it. I still haven't seen it. Still ringing. <laughs> um, I mean, I. So I saw Across the Spider-Verse as well, and, and I, I loved it. I think I prefer it to in, Into the Spider-Verse just because it's just a, it, it, it's not your like standard origin story, but it's still an origin story, isn't it? Whereas I think this one leads so heavily into the way Spider-Man's portrayed across so many different types of media. I just loved the fact that it just it pulled so many different things from loads of things that I've loved growing up with, um, and it just felt, yeah. The fan service is great, but at the same time, I feel like if you weren't a huge fan of Spider-Man, it'd still be hugely enjoyable. Um, There's just one poor fucker that hasn't caught up with multiverses being the thing right now. Again, why is there more than one of him? Bloody yeah, hell! Exactly. Bloody hell! It's more than one of everyone and everything now, and God. Oh, they made a mistake there. There's two of them. Oh, <laughs> they made a mistake. I'm going to complain. Um, so I saw that. The only other thing I've I've really seen. I've I've just been playing some playing some games this week, but the only other thing I've really seen is The Stuff, um, the 1985 um, B-movie about some sort of weird yogurt. A mean yogurt, yeah. yeah. <laughs> about me, a mean yogurt. I mean, uh, you you did tweet me, Andy, when you're saying about this, um, uh, so you'd say you're a fan. I don't know. I, could, I, just, I just couldn't get on with it. I don't I know, know what bad. it was. I don't know what it was. like. Something like The Blob, which I think The Blob is like, Take I'm talking the remake. Take no prisoners. Fuck everybody up on screen. Melt Kill that kid. kid. Melt that kid. Murder that kid. It's horrific. It's it's bad tempered. It's it's evil. The stuff I just kind of felt like it was such a really weird like film in terms of the vibe of it. It almost felt like a bit of a silly adventure movie, like the with the with the move and Michael Moriarty, the guy who plays Mo. Do you remember why he's called Mo, Andy? I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen it. The reason he's called Mo is because when you give me money, I just want Mo. And I'm like, what does this mean? What are you going to get people to call you that because of that? You're going to enforce your own nickname on people. Um, It was just, I just find, I just find it a really weird film. It needed some, I mean, sure. You get some, some half decent practical effects of heads exploding and stuff and heads caving in on themselves, but I just don't think it goes far enough. Doesn't go far enough. Ben wants um, to remake this stuff, everybody. He'd be caving in ice cream man's heads left, right, and center. The stuff, it doesn't even look nice because apparently, so it's not ice cream. It's like some sort of weird, just gloop. It's, kind no, of it's like a zero fat, like calorie free snack, isn't it? Sounds it's horrible. Corner. Yeah. It's a Muller Corner. Yeah. It's what like Fiendish Feet was based on. So instead yeah. of having little yogurt pots like Frankenstein's, but he eats it anyway, inside out. So, so I thought what I would do is because I was unsure of what to do for Horror Hangout Bite Size this week, I'm going to do the stuff. So uh, I'll get get that little 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 mini episode, me talking about how much I didn't, did or did not like the stuff, didn't Just like Just can't get stuff. enough of that wonderful stuff. <laughs> Just can't, It's got about five different theme tunes as well. Like, you can't... You can, there's one song where it's... I don't know. I felt like it needed a distinct theme tune and i would have been on board with it but no um i mean uh, that 
that is that is all I've seen this week. I mean, talking of theme tunes, I'll just quickly mention the fact that um not well this week we reached one thousand followers on TikTok. How exciting. But to celebrate, I went live, played a game of guess the horror movie theme, and I had a really good time. I had a lot of fun. There were loads of people interacting with me. Um, there was a bit of people getting competitive, a bit rude, but I liked it. I enjoyed it. I kind of um so I think I'm gonna try and do that maybe like every week because it's pretty easy to just jump on and kind of play a little game like that. So if you go and follow us on TikTok, Horror Hangout Podcast, I'll be going live. Um I was gonna try and do like a midday on on like a Friday from now on. Um and if if not then then I'll try and do it on a weekend. But keep an eye out for that um and play along. Because good times. You you jumped on and had a little go, didn't you? I jumped on a little bit, had a little had a little game. It was fun. I feel like I was I was either I was either doing it too easy or too difficult, and I feel like I've learned a lot. So now I feel like I can make the game a lot Sticking more. Sticking for easier some more Ben's musical quiz. Yeah, it was fun. I don't mean to take your title of quizmaster, of course, Andy. No, it's all right. Will. You can you can be in charge of all TikTok based quizzes. That's uh, <laughs> okay. Too That's much, fine. Too you, much, you give you give me a too much for me. It's mostly just a scheduling issue. <laughs> Have you seen anything this week, Andy? Uh, just the one film. Other than that, I've been working away, so not much time for movies. Just time for. But I did do a little bit of podcasting. I'm continuing to work through Archive Eighty One, which I started when the Netflix series kicked off, mm. but uh, it had been cancelled before I got round to watching it in true Netflix style. When something doesn't become the biggest streaming thing of all time in the week oh, it's released, then cancelled. it's in the bin right away. So I watched the first three of the series, but I thought, you know what? The podcast did continue and finish. So I'm about half a dozen episodes into that. It's really good. I like the the premise is really interesting. I've come to it late. It's already, I believe it's finished or, you know, it's certainly like 80 odd episodes through at least if it's anything still to come. But um, yeah, it's good. It's good quality content. So I was enjoying that while I was out on the road. I did manage to watch though, um, a horror film called Freaks of Nature. Let me just put up the cast for you and work out what the what the year is. So it's basically a human, a vampire, and a zombie in a world where these things just coexist anyway. They don't just turn up. Um, they all live together in a town, and then they are sort of thrown together. Um, it's like when... being human or something. It sounds like yeah, being human. thinking that. Yeah, very much so. So it's uh. 2015 by Robbie Pickering, Get Out, Undead or Alive. In the town of Dilford, humans, vampires and zombies were all living in peace until the alien apocalypse arrived. Now the teen, now three teenagers, one human, one vampire and one zombie have to team up to find out how to get rid of the visitors. Um, so Nicholas Brown, Mackenzie Davis, Josh Faden, Vanessa Hudgens is in it as like a bit part, but Keegan-Michael Key, Joan Cusack, Bob Odenkirk, like some oh, big wow. names in like Stacked cast in US comedy. Um, it's a charming enough, silly, like you know, silly kind of light lift, like some some quips and a little bit of like over the top bloody violence. Unfortunately, 2015, or at least when this was written, I feel like it came out at the very tail end of some things that people would still put into a edgy horror comedy script that almost probably the second it came out was already would make you look at it a bit sideways. Um, oh, I'm not no. going to cancel myself, but um, 
<laughs> there is very, very heavy use of a word beginning with R for like mental limitations that is thrown about like it's how do you do? Yeah. Um, and in the modern world where people refer to it in, in that sense, think, oh, is this film from longer ago than it is? No, no, 2015. I've and, never even yeah. heard of this. I'm looking I'm looking at it now, but I've, I've never even heard of it. Mackenzie Davis, is she the one who's in Terminator? The new, the newest Terminator as the she might Terminator. well be, you know, the the she's the um the, what's the oh job, she's she she's the it, she's like enhanced she's, she's future like dead a, yeah that's it yeah it looks like it Kyle Reese yeah. that's who she is but not yeah. she's the that person mm. yeah wow. you know it it has it has its moments but it's 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 what you'd expect it's like a like Donkey. a schlocky, like a schlocky comedy, but not funny over the top offensive like a trauma movie is. It's just that oh, you've you've you're mainstream, but you've just missed it a little bit. But it's not bad. It's worth some, read the it's room. Worth some fun. Yeah, read the room, guys. Uh, so that's it. Apart from the film of the week, yeah, had to make time for this. Yes, indeed. So um, the movie of the week is Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, which is a 1986 American horror comedy musical film directed by Frank Oz. It is an adaptation of the 1982 off-Broadway musical of the same name by composer Alan Menken and writer Howard Ashman, which in itself is an adaptation of the 1960 film The Little Shop of Horrors by director Roger Corman. Um, The movie... Star uh, centers around a nerdy florist who finds his chance for success and romance with the help of a giant man-eating plant who demands to be fed. Uh, yes, yes, he does. Um, so, what have we got? 7.1 on IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, 90% critic score, 79% audience score, and 3.8 on Letterboxd out of 5. I've got some choice reviews here from Letterboxd users, including Shannon, who says... As much as I loved Audrey and Seymour, Audrey 2 is a real musical legend and the definition of a problematic fave. Four and a half stars. Yeah. Um, Holly Holly Beth says, this was fucking wild. I can't believe I just watched Steve Martin fuck Bill Murray on a dentist's chair. (laughs) Five stars. Which version did she download? (laughs) What was that? Which version did she download? Which version did she download? Ultra director's cut. Um... Nyla Ray says this is pure unadulterated camp and I loved every second of it four stars and Matt Lynch says I've got nothing constructive for this it's a delightful pop confection with truly astonishing animatronic work never gets old four stars so there we go it looks like people are, people are loving Little Shop of Horrors What's, what is your relationship with Little Shop of Horrors Stu have you, have you see, did you see it at a young age I did, yeah. I saw it at a young age on video, and then it used to be on TV a lot um, at the early '90s. So I used to watch it then, um, and I, for some reason, just gravitated towards it and just thought it was incredible. Like the, I mean, even now, the effects for Audrey Two just blow my mind. They just look yeah. incredible still. Yeah, really um, great. Yeah, I've I watched it, um, and then kind of when it came out on dvd there was a whole thing about obviously the alternate ending which we can talk about later um but yeah i think it's it's just a classic it's just a, such a, a weird like tongue-in-cheek sort of camp b movie style 
musical that you know you you can't help but love i think it's just one of those that i've never heard anyone dislike it that much so yeah that's that that's the history i've had with it i've known about it since i was little to be honest have you have you seen it on like on stage at all as well no i i wanted to when it when i was in um new york a couple of months ago i almost went to see it and then uh, it just didn't happen but i went to see uh, wicked instead so maybe mm. next time i'll go and see the uh, little shop of horrors yeah that's something to something to aim for andy have you have you a bit you a big fan like Stu, like saw it on on video when i was a kid i think we had it taped off one of those one of those times it was on one of those times it was on tv and it became regular rotation for me i think maybe i've i've forgotten over the years it's certainly been a good few years since i last saw it on you know on film but i think this is probably up there with jurassic park and tremors of the films i've watched the most times because i had it on I had it on like this VHS tape to the point where I could still tell you the bit where the tape is a little bit worn at the beginning of the first song where the lady begins like a alarm goes off at seven bit. She goes off tracking a little bit. It goes, and then she goes back in. Like I've watched it that many times. I could tell you where the faults in the tape are. So you watch this version, you were like, hang on a minute. Hang on a second. She's off off key. Um, And I've seen it on stage three separate occasions i think once in oh, wow. once in once in london inside a theater many many years ago once uh sort of about 2017 like an outside version with, with q gardens whereas instead of a puppet they had um like a really extravagant and very very tall like drag performer in like fabulous plant outfits going around and like sassing oh, the wow. audience directly and so on <laughs> and then i saw it hence suggesting we do it right now this very week then i saw an amateur production of it at uh perth university just at the road from my house a a few weeks ago and if i've got any listeners from perth university kudos guys you did a great job i think you did an excellent performance um so yeah i wanted to watch the film again and i'm i'm glad we did i mean we'll get into it but like Stu, production on the planet it has again i'll i'll conjure the image of jurassic park again this is a very, very old effect now. I think it still really yeah. holds up. I think it's still I think it's still it, it, really, really good. Um Levi Stubbs and the, you know, the the voice for Audrey Two in particular is a you know, a perfect performance, really well placed. The singing, the songs are great. I could still sing all of the songs now, like a big old, big old favourite. The only film Levi Stubbs was ever involved in. So you must know him, Ben, growing, you know, having not seen this film, you probably form, primarily recognise him as the voice of Mother Brain from Captain N, the Games Master. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. That is a... Well, I didn't really make the connection, but... It is. It's not It's not an impression. It is, it is him. Yeah. Oh, amazing. That's cool. Um, but, yeah, when you say about the effects looking great, uh, the only thing I kept thinking is, I know, I know this has been rumoured to be remade, for a, for a while, isn't it? I know Taron Egerton was possibly connected as being. I the, could see that Car- Taron Egerton can wear a thick pair of glasses. Basically, someone's seen yeah. that and gone, Eddie the Eagle, little Eddie Elton John, <laughs> and you can do singing. Writes see, itself. Get De- get me Dexter Fletcher on the phone immediately. <laughs> oh, he'd love it. He'd be he'd be well in there. Um, but I just kept thinking, oh yeah, 
it'd have to be practical effects, wouldn't it? You can't imagine like a big old CGI Audrey two. That yeah, I'd want be... like a. I would want like fully practical. Get me Stan Winston on the phone. Hmm. So even though I've like never seen this before, I think this is just one of those things in pop culture that you're just aware of. Just aware, you know what Audrey, you know what Little Shop of Horrors is, you know what Audrey Two is, and obviously I'm hugely familiar with Rick Moranis and and the majority yeah. of his career. Anyway, so yeah, but but then again, one of those where I'm so familiar with so many bits of it, where I'm thinking, have I seen it like years ago as a kid? Maybe I just definitely haven't seen it in, in adulthood. Were you familiar with like the 1990s? In the same vein as like Beetle Douche and that, I think there's a, I looked it up, there's like a 1991 cartoon series called Little Shop. Yep. Oh, right. Which is okay. about, like, I, I, I couldn't, I know it exists, but I couldn't tell you anything about it. I looked it up and it, the art style is nothing that I could have conjured in my memory either. But it's like a Beetle Juice, right? It's a horror property that they did a kid's thing where the kid is friends with the antagonist, like in Beetle Juice, where Lydia is just, Beetle Juice is just their mate. The plant Audrey Two is just his friend. Yeah, well, that there was a, a slew of '90s properties that kids couldn't go and see that got turned yeah. into <laughs> cartoons. So like Robocop and Police Academy and stuff like that. And then they went on to do like Back to the Future and MC Hammer cartoon and stuff. But Little Shop, Hammer Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Hammer Man. <laughs> and then yeah, Little Shop. There was like a handful of episodes, and they made Seymour and Audrey teenagers they look like children and audrey was mr mushnick's daughter um and and for some reason like yeah i I think audrey i don't think audrey 2 was called that in the end i think they were called something else but it was just like hijinks with a big plan it was yeah like (laughs) going around with his plan it was great and it was just it was just called little shop as well right is that great little shop okay it's called junior the only reason why i know it was only a handful of episodes is because i i think i'd seen one of the episodes like six times because they just kept repeating it all the time. But yeah, it was great. So has, has anybody seen the original film as well? So that I'm assuming, so as far as I'm aware, that's not a musical, is it? Yeah, so the original film, it's not a musical um, and it's quite a famous film in the fact that it was uh, a sort of big Hollywood joke at the time because it was made in, I think, two or three days. Um, okay. And- so, yeah, and it was the very first uh, movie role for... Uh, it was only a bit part for Jack Nicholson. So he was in the, okay. the original one. It was a, not even a part that translated into the, the musical either. It was just a bit part in it. Um, and the thing about the movie is whenever um, Audrey II, uh, the whenever the big plant like kills someone, uh, it grows a flower with that person's face on it. Oh wow! Okay, Jesus. Show. I mean that that's super dark, isn't it? It's, it? I've got to say, the effects where they do the the faces, it, it terrified me as a kid when I watched it because I I thought that I, at one point that me and my friends were going to watch this version and we got the wrong one and we got that version and we were like, okay, we'll sit through it. And I was like, this is actually quite scary. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you seen that one, Andy? Is that... Um, in part, I certainly have vivid memories of like the last like the last shot of the film where you see several people as the flowers. Yes. But yeah. I couldn't tell you the moment to moment now. So it's been a long time. Might have to put it on the list while the memory of this one is super fresh. Mm. Yeah. Um. So in terms of cast, this is like mid eighties. Just, it's just a gold mine for yeah, mid eighties comedy. Absolute A-listers, right? 
Yeah, hundred percent. Like everyone, you'd gonna be willing to expect if you had to list some of the some of the biggest and best from the eighties. So obviously, Rip Moranis plays Seymour Krelborn. Uh, Ellen Green plays Audrey. Uh, Vincent Gard- Gardenia plays Mister Mushnick, and then Steve Martin is or- Orin Scrivello. DDS. The sadistic, DDS, the sadistic dentist. Uh, Levi, Levi Stubbs, the voice of Audrey too, the, the killer plant. Um, and then there is obviously guest appearances from John Candy, Bill Murray, Jim Belushi. Is that just in one of the endings? or is Jim that... Belushi is just in the theatrical ending. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Just in the theatrical ending. But yeah, just one of those films where you know you're in good hands pretty much when you start seeing the cast appear. Well, um, we'll come to it in a bit, but like watching this back this time, like um, Rick Moranis' performance, I can remember, like I know he stepped away from acting, not because, it, you know, he chose to, it wasn't that he stopped getting roles, but it reminds you of how good he is as a comedic actor and decent set of pipes on the bloke as well. But the thing that really got me as well was um, obviously... Rest in peace, the Candyman. Mm. He is so good at the bit where he plays like he's on the and just it's like such a subtle little gag that he is every <laughs> member of staff on the radio. So he's the news reader and the thing that he passes it over to the you know passes it over to like Wade Wilkinson's weird. One. It's so so good, so good indeed. Um, yeah, Rip, Rip, Rip Moranis is amazing. He's the best. Like one of the best comedic actors are just looking constantly disheveled. Mm. He's constantly disheveled in in Ghostbusters, you know. After he gets uh, slurped off by a dog, um, <laughs> and he's constantly disheveled in this as well. Just like the, it looks, put him coming out of like rubble with his hair sticking up and his glasses twi- like wonky <laughs> or broken is an ideal look for him. Yeah, he's got like he must have like, maybe it's a genetic thing that like I feel like Rip Moranis has never had to put a single product in his hair like. It's just like it just goes exactly where you put it. So if he's like just alters his hair to make things, he won't just like drop back into place the way it starts. It's like, no, you put me here, that's where I'll stay. It's um he's really great at just like making it stick. It's yeah. And like it's all facial expressions. Can you imagine if in real life like Rick Rannis didn't even wear glasses, was like a real hard man? If you speak to him in life, he's like Jason Statham. <laughs> When are we going to get his comeback? Because it's, it's rumoured like almost every year, isn't it, that Rick Moranis is going to make some sort of Hollywood return. Didn't they try I, to get him for Ghostbusters? I was going to say we need him for the new Ghostbusters. Did they, yeah. they tried to get him for Ghostbusters. Is that right? I'm not sure. There was rumours circulating. Isn't, isn't there someone... It's like a Ryan Reynolds or a Josh Gad, those two very similar people, um, that are trying to get him to come back to acting. Because... I guess we're we're an information podcast. Like the vague part of the story that I know is that like after his wife tragically passed away, he you know he had money. Uh, he chose to step away from acting and look after his children, and then he just chose never to come back. And again, like I imagine, if you were a star of the magnitude of Rick Moranis at the time, you were realistically just living a normal life. You probably wouldn't need to work again, right? Yeah, and I guess that would have been shortly after the Flintstones movie, I suppose. Yeah, that's one of his last, yeah, last appearances that I remember him from. Oh wow, okay, interesting. interesting Good on it. I think he just, I think that I've seen interviews where he said, "Oh, I just didn't, I stopped doing it for reasons for my family, and then I just had no reason to go, to go back." Can be asked. 
Yeah. I can be asked. Busy. Why not? Um, I bet he reads a load of books. I bet he hasn't got any movies on his watch list. He's got plenty of time. <laughs> you see them all. <laughs> um, Ellen Green, obviously, is Audrey as well. Um, very strange speaking voice. She the original oh, she is the original Audrey from the, the, the stage play. So she created Right, that. okay. So she so, created like that character and, and the sort of demeanor of that character as well, yeah. Yeah, I mean you I think you find that in a lot of the sort of bigger like Hollywood musicals is that sometimes they'll harken back to like the original cast who were on Broadway kind of thing, and she's the one that created that character. Wow. Okay. Whenever anyone's doing like an interpolation of that, it's because of Ellen Green. So I think when they got her in there, like they they just realized mm. that there's probably no one else that was going to do it justice. I suppose. Yeah, and you can tell she's a stage actor as well from how she belts out those songs. Right? She's <laughs> like I I don't think there's a bad singing performance in this, but she knocks it out of the park. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and then obviously Steve Martin as the abusive sadistic nitrous oxide addicted very blue velvet um dentist um and yeah he's he's kind of a scene stealer as well isn't he for all of the wrong reasons but still yeah. um good um so where where do so where do we start so obviously this film takes place in um skid row uh and there's a florist in skid row um a skid really run down sort of place as well nobody visits yeah. the shop at all it's like yeah it's like typical i mean is it one of those things that every town has a skid row i always assumed new york but it might not be like yeah it's, i think the the one that they've got in there is um is from new york but i think originally skid row is la i think is that okay right? i think so so um, this is, it's definitely new york isn't it because in the yeah. in the theatrical in the theatrical ending one of the one of the big scary plants climbs um Statue of Liberty. Yeah, they're all over at the end in the mm. in the in the original ending. We'll come to it, but um, yeah. So we're we're on Skid Row. We begin with a little bit of narration, actually, don't we? So we get a classic positioning where a narrator's voice comes and says, "Hey, this is something that happened in a century not too far below our own when we had a series of mysterious events which started, as these things often do, in the most unlikely of places." And then we get proper title card good musical you know the song that is the name of the play which is the name of the story we're going to tell hmm. the three girls we have as chorus in this um i don't know how many other acting credits they have i didn't have a chance to look but they're great in this film and i love how they have different outfits the same with the stage play they are like a constant throughout the um hmm. throughout the Did movie you know, so apparently their names as well are crystal ronette and chiffon who are all named after american like vocal groups from the like 50s and 60s i think right which is pretty cool so the crystals the renettes and the chiffons as well which is pretty cool was this obviously hercules was like we're gonna have that weren't they is that pretty much i know it's, i know it's called a greek chorus so it's it makes sense for it to be in hercules the, the, the animated hercules but it feels like they've heavily borrowed from from this though like in having the of... the three singers um yeah, in terms of the way they like, that they're kind of like there for exposition, essentially. Yeah, yeah. to kind of carry carry on the story, have like a someone that can be in almost every scene. Yeah, because in some scenes they're they're real and they're like street urchins and stuff, and they they call them, and then in some scenes they're they're obviously like in the scene, but no one can see them because yeah. they're all like in their really glamorous outfits and, yeah. and they do backing vocals. So yeah, I think yeah. it's. 
it's a really great idea though hmm yeah and it's it's it's, it's utilized really really well and then of of course the first song which is just called little shop of horrors right isn't it? yeah um it introduces us to seymour seymour crowborn and his co-worker audrey working at mushnick's flower shop ah uh, god you've got to find a better place to get a flower shop and you god <laughs> Or gets a better stock because it looks like there's nothing going on in there. It's just like the most run down. <laughs> I like the scene where they're all kind of like just all stood around, really bored, like counting down the hours just to Waiting remind for the you. Of what... And you've got a, you've got a staff of three in a shop where you're getting no customers as well. So yeah, poor form on you, Mister Mushnick, for for doing this. But I will applaud you for city planning. Uh, you know, an underprivileged area like Skid Row. Yeah, see this round here, it'd be chockers with gambling shops and bargain boozes. <laughs> It's nice to... that you actually get some aspirational things that aren't actually bad for people that prey on things that aren't good for them in an area yeah. like Skid Row. So actually, good on you. He yeah. could just he could just have one of them in at a time. Audrey lives literally across the street. Yeah, and she, he could he could literally shout across the street. Don't need you in today. Stay, uh, stay see, that's that would that'd be what modern Mushnick was like. He'd have her on a bloody zero hours contract, wouldn't he? It was a not, it was a more honest time. Um, yeah. the real horrors. Well, I, actually, well, I like Mr. Mushnick looking out for it, looking out for um Audrey, constantly in her ear about how uh Steve Martin's bad for her. Uh, not like such he's... a nice boy. Yeah, I like that. I like the fact that he's he's aware and he's looking out for her. That's that's good. But he is. I feel like every, he is every... mean to Seymour if... though. It's like you're, you're no good, mate. Oh yeah. <laughs> is he mean to Seymour? In what way is he mean to Seymour? Just oh, I suppose he just is. Took him just... out of an orphanage to let him sleep under the the desk of his shop and like sweep and clean the <laughs> toilets and gives him every other Sunday off. Every other Sunday. Yeah, when they say about going out for a meal as well, like, nah, nah, you stay here. Um so yeah, obviously we get the th- that musical number followed by the musical number about about Skid Row as well, which is which is pretty epic, isn't it? Yeah. Um but yeah, because of the lack of customers, Mr. Mushnick's line, closing the store, that's it. We're done. We're finished. It's get, we're going downhill. We're not we're not making any don't, money. Don't come, don't come in tomorrow. Don't come in tomorrow, exactly. But um and it looks like this is something that Seymour's had an idea of for a while because he's like trying to say and Audrey's like trying to urge him to go and say it. Like they've yeah. they've been discussing it behind the scenes. So he's like, maybe we should do something a little bit different. Maybe we should try a different method to try and get customers in. Um, how about a more exotic? What about if we had a strange and interesting plan? I love it. This is one of the bits where the comedy really starts in because I love the songs. The songs they have funny bits in them, but they're mostly played for dramatic effects. We had a big chorus number just now with, you know, proper yeah. like a bridge with. Oh, bits in yeah. the middle, really, really epic. And then we've gone to this bit, and then it's like, "Yep, yeah, we'll um, we'll do it." What about this strange and interesting plan? Um, and they he brings it up and love it, Mister Mushnick's that just because you put a strange and interesting plan in the window, it doesn't mean that he's interrupted <laughs> as the guy bursts in as the first customer. Excuse me, I couldn't help but notice that strange and interesting plan. Where did you get it? No um, one's buy- no one's interested in buying it. Though. They just it's just like an add-on. They just want add-on yeah. sales. They've just come to see it. Um, and we it, the first half of this film. I mean, this is a this is a film that is dense with songs, right? I think it spreads out a little bit in the back end, but the first third is really song yeah. heavy. That's not song a bad after thing. Song after song, pretty much, yeah. Because we do our flashback here with um. 
just retelling the story of how we found the plant, which of course is during a recent total eclipse of the sun, um, when this mysterious plant, which I should say is like tiny at the moment, it's in a little coffee can, yeah. little little bulb, no more than your house plant that you'd have on your desk. Yeah. So he's like, he goes goes past like a Chinese flower shop where he's pally with the owner buys like cuttings of, of various plants from him regularly obviously to to grow well, he says his hobby really doesn't he doesn't necessarily say it's something yeah his hobby is collecting shop. exotic plants so the chinese um shop owner sells him um cuttings of rare and exotic plants he might have yeah if mushnicks had have gone under maybe he could have approached him for a job yeah definitely it seemed like a much busier street nicer area <laughs> loads of customers outdoor space yeah get involved but yeah, so this eclipse happens and there's like a flash of flash of light and this plant suddenly appears to which the 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 manager of the Chinese flower shop just goes, I'll sell that. It's not on my itinerary. Don't know where it came from, but I've got a price dialed up for it. $1.95. <laughs> what an absolute bargain. Um, He's kicking himself with what happens to the rest of this film. I don't know about that. Maybe. Um... <laughs> So obviously Seymour takes the, the plant back to Mushnik's shop and yeah, shows them this strange and exotic plant, which is like a what kind of plant is it, did he say? It's like a fly trap, but he but he had, he has named it himself because it's not in any of his books. He's named it yeah. Audrey after Audrey, but Audrey two. Audrey two, yeah. So uh it's got like human lips, doesn't it? Yeah, even as a tiny thing, it's got it's got definite lips. A little pout. <laughs> it's got a little pout going on. Um, so yeah, he says he doesn't know what it is. It's none of his books, but he also says it, that means he doesn't know how to feed it. Doesn't know how to look after it either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in this initial segment is when the plant basically brings loads and loads of business to Mushnit's shop. People entering this shop, and I'm like, what are you doing shopping in Skid Row? Literally dressed up to the nines. Obviously heard, and you're going around like you're literally Batman's parents, pearls and furs for days. Yeah. <laughs> well, sh- should we just cut through here? Cut through Crime Alley? Oh. I don't know about that. It's called Crime Alley. Um, flower shops the other end of Crime Alley. As we're talking about it, where else would you, you personally in particular, I think, have seen Mushnik's Flower Shop? There's another branch in another franchise that you're aware of. Is there? Yes. Mushnik's Flower Shop in another in another franchise as well. Another another horror franchise. You don't go in, but you'll see Mushnik's Flower Shop on the main high street of, of a certain other place. Is it on the main high street in They Live? I don't know. It's not They Live. It goes alongside another shop, Jill's Sandwiches. It's along there. It goes alongside Jill's Sandwiches? Yeah, there's a couple of shop fronts that you walk past. One is Jill's Sandwiches. The other one's Mushnick's Florist. So it's got to be pretty new then, right? Ah, ancient. It's an ancient one. Yeah. But Jill's Sandwiches is obviously from Resident Evil, so... I know the 90s is only 10 years ago, but that's... What was it from then? Silent Hill. Mm. Really? Did you, original you, you, you original Silent shit. Hill, there's a yeah. Mushnick's Florist. Well, I, I realised that I knew it when you said it. It reminded me and I was like, oh yeah, it was. So, yeah. where, so whereabouts? Actually in Silent Hill Just in the film? Some of the... Not the film, the game. No, the game. Oh my god! Now you now you say it. I'm thinking, yeah, of course. Yeah, original Silent Hill. As you're running through the streets, 
You see a Jill sandwiches, you see a Mushnix forest. See, when you said franchise, I was literally just thinking film and nothing else. See, that's that linear thinking, Ben. you got to move away from it. Linear thinking. Grow up. Yeah, come on, get a grip. Um, yeah, so the first customer that he explains the story to goes, oh, I better buy 50 quid's worth of roses while I'm in. He goes, oh, can you break 100 quid? <laughs> Afraid I can't. I have to buy twice as many then. So basically... <laughs> As if they've got twice as many, they've got no stock. <laughs> no wonder they're into clothes. They 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 keep, they keep so much inventory round the back, just going off with no customers. Um, yeah. So they, they sell the what guy, is that all about? They all sell do a hundred dollars worth of roses. Um, and then yeah, we just get flash after flash of other people coming in. But before that, actually, it has to grow because at first, Mushnik cancels dinner because it collapses on the floor. Mm. And this we have a we have another song, sing song again straight away where Seymour learns um, what the plant eats. So while lamenting that he can't find any way to get the plant to thrive and begging it to grow for him in song format, I'm not doing it justice, um, (laughs) he cuts himself on some roses, some of the roses they sold not long ago. And his bloody finger, he like does a classic suck on your finger bit and then he noticed the plant is like doing a the same sort of beckon as anyone. So it wants to terrifying. That's really going it. Terrifying. There's no and way. The, the bit where it snaps in. This is such good puppet work. It's no wonder that like a famous person that's worked with puppets all their life is the director of this film, right? Yoda yeah, himself, Mister Yoda. Yeah, uh, Master Yoda is behind the camera here. So yeah, he when he when he offers his uh, finger, it like properly snaps at him. And then he holds it quite close and it's like straining in the pot trying to reach it. And the <laughs> snub, when he offers him the finger that isn't bleeding, it like just turns its face away. So much character for something that doesn't have eyes and is a tiny little plant. The character design on this is phenomenal. Mm. Yeah, it is, it is great. And as you mentioned, the puppetry is 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 really, really yeah. good as well. And this must have this is a tiny puppet as well, because it's obviously big. Must have done this with like is it a slight animatronic thing. Is <laughs> the someone's finger up it like a finger mouse? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's so, really good. And then business well. is booming. Yeah, when the first time that you see it grow, when it's like stop motion animation, and it sort of grows a little bit, and then it grows almost like hands, but out of leaves, and the, the hands yeah. open up, and it's uh, you you hear a sort of operatic oh when he's when he's sort of uh, like first to take it a, a bit of blood it's it's genius it looks incredible yeah yeah it's good it's really it a great good. So- great song as well and and the way he the way it like gulps down the blood as well is super <laughs> putting the drips is up this... <laughs> yeah. snapping yeah. it up it's literally like when when you give your dog like a treat and it's just swallowed and not actually chewed just goes straight down like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> we well, drop bacon in... anywhere near a dog you enjoying this or what um <laughs> So yeah, Audrey 2 begins to grow rapidly and then that in turn makes Seymour become somewhat of a of a local celebrity. Yeah. So the next time we see him, after like a little cheeky montage of loads of people coming into the shop, we next see they've, they've got a little bit of success. They're like a local famous shop and this is where Seymour goes on the radio to see uh, the Candyman himself, John Candy. Um <laughs> I love this bit as well. And again, stage project production here, similar technique, so funny. We live in a generation that grew up with Rod Hull and Emu, obviously. So um, <laughs> um, 
<laughs> having having someone with an unruly puppet and like a fake arm holding it and then yeah. the actor's hand in there, whether it's an emu trying to bite like people's nans when they're there or in this case he just used um, to use it as an excuse to assault people how? he was literally assaulting people thumping yeah. them what? well yeah. no emu was doing it stop it it was emu <laughs> it was emu you can't <laughs> hold an emu you can't hold the moral standards as you do a human yeah, no wonder Grotbags had such an issue with him. Like, Emu was an absolute terror. If I was Grotbags, I would not go... Like That would be the one person in my neighbourhood I wouldn't, wouldn't mess with. Or should I go and mess with literally anyone who doesn't have a bird that could gore me that lives <laughs> with them? There's a violent, uncontrolled bird. <laughs> Dangerous, talking, flightless bird. Pick your back, Grotbags. When you say Grotbags, I thought it was the actress who played Grotbags in this, but it's not. It's um, Marek, what's her name? The one who plays the dentist's assistant. Mar- What's her name? Oh, Miriam Margulies. Yeah, That's it, yeah. It's not her, but... It, <laughs> Miriam it, Margulies no. as Grotbags. What a <laughs> elevating that role. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we did... I don't. I unfortunately did not know the name of the actor that plays real Grotbags, but I do remember it was on the news last couple of years that we have lost, I'm afraid. So rest in yeah. peace, Grotbags. I saw, I saw that as well. Rest Probably getting absolutely fucked over by Emu in heaven now. Although I guess <laughs> they haven't seen news of Emu's death, so I imagine he's still going. Yeah, nah, or, or in hell. <laughs> Emu's hundred percent in hell. Uh, Rod, Cat, Rod, they were separated at the point of Rod Hull's Rod Hull's death because he got to go to heaven because he basically stopped that Emu from causing more carnage for all of his adult life. This is nuts. I've just googled. Carol Lee Scott, who is the actress who played Grotbags, the first thing that pop comes up on the Google Images is a picture of Ma- what's her name? Mar- Mar- Maria Margulies. Yeah, and it's on <laughs> and it's on a story published by the Mirror saying that she died after a bout of cancer, and it's a picture of of her, the Miriam saying, oh, "Not this is not her." Yeah, so it's, it's like not, a Taylor not... Swift "No, it's Becky" thing, isn't it? Imagine <laughs> this woman, but green. She's dead. <laughs> Imagine it, you put a little green foot on this woman. But I tell you what, Carolee Scott, out of Grotbag's makeup, she has got the tightest knit perm I've ever seen in my life. I thought you were going to say she was really good looking, actually. Yeah. <laughs> out of, out of, out of actually, out of green makeup, fits. Oh, she is absolutely gorgeous. Wow. She's still got a big old mole and you know, she hasn't got that. Um, so, enough, I, uh, as a kid, went to the Grotbags live several times. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, she used to do like a, a full-on like play. It was a, almost like a pantomime thing. And then at the end, she'd uh, change her outfit, still as Grotbags. She'd come out into the audience and sing to everyone. And she'd go around with uh, a little basket and people would put sweets in there. And then the following day, she'd go to kids' hospitals as Grotbags and give out sweets. Oh, wow. Um, I like how your your tastes have developed. So you saw Wicked the musical not so long ago, and it was Grotbags live all, all many is, years ago. Running theme, absolutely. Anything with witches, they're not going to see it. Big thing for like big old green witches, absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, welcome to the to the eighties <laughs> British culture hangout. Um, <laughs> not hmm. not a podcast I'd be against making, to be honest, Ben. I mean, for our US yeah. and other overseas listeners. This is the height of our culture. Frantically Google this stuff. Frantically Google because I think if you don't know about crop bags, your life and the culture of your country is poorer for it. So please do 
Fact. introduce it look up some of rod hull's physical comedy there's a great it's on youtube <laughs> i've seen it there's things with rod hull is like in a supermarket with um with emu and it like flips him into like a dump freezer it is insane and he was not a young man even then he's no. thrown about he's, by this emu. he's never looked young he's never looked young <laughs> i am speaking as if like um i mean i mean it was a real emu but um yeah but course. yeah um yeah that so yeah, now um, Rick Moranis is is doing his best Rod Hull impression. He has got, at the moment, Audrey 2 is kind of emu size, kind of the size of a flightless bird if it didn't have legs and it just stopped at the the body and it was a plant pot and it had no legs. Um, so he's got good, it on his lap. and it's, Good description. Yeah, he's in the waiting room of the radio waiting to go in to see John Candy after the news is finished. Uh, and there's a lady... A receptionist, very dismissive of Seymour. I love all the other characters that are in the waiting room to go on. There's like a man with like a model nun and a saxophone. Yeah. There's all kinds of weird things. Um, and she's leaning over the desk and the plant is desperately trying to bite her on the bum. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's just like, don't. don't like do wrestling that. the mouth closed. It's so good. And then just this bit, it reminds me, um, I guess you're it depends on your era what thing you know John Candy from, but for the longest time, this is where I knew John Candy from, like where he basically goes out of the shtick of being the sensible straight-laced radio announcer and he like plays all of his jingle, like proper commercial radio, like squonky horn, banging the xylophone. And it's like, wait a minute, lady, put your clothes back on. <laughs> really, really got me. It's like, what if your husband comes in? It's like, I'm sorry, Wade. I love your show, but I have to kill you both with this machine gun. <laughs> so, yes. so it is great. I just get the feeling that, like, maybe it was scripted, but I feel from what you see of that energy and like Rick Moranis's face, just like, like staring bewildered at him, that he could have quite easily just just done this and I still have an indelible memory of when he's like says he feels very weird and just moves the microphone back and forward <laughs> I do it every time I have like my microphone here is on an arm but if it was on uh, a freestanding microphone I would very regular so very weird <laughs> what a time what oh, a time indeed he definitely like that he's one of the, the the people that I think yeah, I I knew him from obviously Spaceballs as well, but from this, this was like the sort of prime John Candy for me. Like the, the, even though he's only in it for like three minutes, he just steals the show. So so funny. What was your what was your first take on this? Like, Bloody hell, mate! Be a professional radio presenter, will you? As you come, come on, into mate, this news, this, this is ridiculous. <laughs> come on, no, it's John Candy. I think just enjoy whatever i mean for me john candy i always it was home alone and uncle buck were the first few, couple of things i'd seen him in before before going back and seeing space balls and other things like that um and he plays it pretty straight in home alone didn't he so it's uh yeah, kind of crazy poker king. just a poker kick poker poker <laughs> really big in sheboygan huge in sheboygan uh yeah so what happens after this after this i think we start to get get introduced to um Orin and his um, abusive relationship with Audrey and how he's treating her and obviously Mr. Mushnick is like he's a bad guy and then we see him like slapping her and oh yeah so we have a we have a couple of songs first like you know we know her her date is coming Um, Mm. yeah they're gonna be more successful she sort of says I'll see more do you want to um, you know you could buy some new clothes in there there's like a friendship there it's building we know that 
he's in love with yeah. her for a long time. It's never really hidden. But then we hear that, Adent, that her boyfriend is coming and we get Steve Martin again. Absolute Bonza performance and so, so funny with the with the dentist song. Um, I mean, I think it's done with such good humour, but, you know, you be where you're running a risk of it does for the career of dentistry, what horror films have also done for clowns to make them yeah. scary because he's a mean, oh, mean man and it makes going to the dentist look terrifying. He, like, bursts into rooms just to inflict pain and then moves on to the next, onto yeah. the next pain, patient. Like, he's not actually really doing any dentistry. He's just doing, like, the horrible... Jamming, <laughs> jamming like, injections into people's gums, just like... Argh! Just hurting their mouths. Just the boy, like, the little, like, an Augustus Gloop-looking boy who, like, yanks his hair back and then, like, knees him in the groin yeah. so he opens like... his mouth, twists it his is, teeth around. It's overtly sexual, though, because he is, like, climbing onto people you know what i mean climbing yeah. into people opening their mouths is the one where he's like just spraying the spraying oh well the while he the makes him spray. say ah uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> i love the bit where he like Marguerite as well several times yeah is it when oh, he, yeah, like, he's, listening, he's like, listen, the door. He, like listens at the door until he waits to hear someone come then springs it open <laughs> um so i funny. love the scene in this song as well when he um is the, it's the song plus the sound production where he's singing about being someone's dentist and it's like POV from inside someone's mouth behind oh, their it's teeth. Gruesome. And it's he's horrific. And he's drilling their teeth and the tongue's going. And like when he sings, like, I am your dad, and the dent the guy's like, <laughs> like an echoey. You got you got the Greek chorus in the background as well. Yeah. Which is awesome. It reminded me, it just looked horrific. It reminded the pictures you get on like cigarette packets where it's like this your teeth could look like this if you don't brush if it's hard to keep smoking that's a bit we get later as i love it when it's like this could happen to you and it's like a picture of like the most fucked mouth in the what world what was going on that was a dog wasn't it it was horrific yeah <laughs> it was a rottweiler but like why have they got that look, picture Seymour, is that loud this like could happen to you <laughs> you could have a dog's mouth um <laughs> so good I mean, I mean, so just just before just before that, to, to kind of reiterate the fact that Audrey's got feelings for Seymour is when she sings the song uh, "Somewhere That's Green." Oh kind of fa- yeah, as kind a of kid, like I didn't like this song as much, but now it's really grown on me. It's very yeah. We see like very good them fantasizing about um, living together in a really picturesque, um, like sort of like, like just un- like uneventful nineteen fifties suburbia, right? Yeah. Like yeah. offensive yeah. offensive real chain link. <laughs> yeah and then you have two two kids and they just happen to look exactly the same as them yeah. like their mom oh. and dad which is like there's a boy and a girl uh and it's very much set for like a 19 i mean i take it this is lifted from the original story right despite the fact it's a 1980s movie mm. it's well, it's never formally said Lo- i don't know if we ever see a it. date but it's fundamentally like a 50s thing right yeah, I think the I think the, the movie's meant to be in the sixties, but the the references are all from the fifties. So like her her reference in terms of like you know the the housekeeping, good housekeeping guide and stuff yeah. like, and like the Tupperware parties and and watching like I Love Lucy and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so I Love Lucy, and she says she cooks like Betty Crocker and looks like Donna Reed. Like Betty Crocker's, mm. I think they're both famous now, right? And later on, Audrey Two makes a Hedy Lamarr reference, who is well, like a thirties forties. Like yeah, right. icon, yeah, it does kind of feel like that, doesn't it? Um, and e- even from what like Audrey's hair and like what she wears, well, everyone's kind of wearing in it as well. It kind of feels like that, doesn't it? Very like fifties esque. Um, so okay, so af- 
after that sequence again we see more of of um the dentist guy being being abusive to audrey like when he takes her takes her home one night we see like the shadows of them and he slaps her and seymour's witnessing it as well and that is when um unfortunately he sort of he's, yeah. a scheme. he's had a he's had a, a slightly even more shocking thing than seeing domestic violence in in front of his very eyes Lawrence Scavillo takes um, Audrey off for a date and as he goes back inside, the plant collapses and for the first time, we hear it speak. It demands to be fed and yeah. uh, sings him a song about being fed. Yeah, suddenly perks up when he needs to break into song. Yeah. <laughs> really hungry, but I will sing you a song. Yeah. Um, obviously, the plant has grown exponentially now. It's yeah. Well, well, well Seymour is like, running on fumes because he's been giving it so much blood he's got like he's got like plasters all over his hands where he's been feeding it and he's like i just need some time to heal for a while before i can give you some more blood and he's like now oh, i want some now yeah i need some like bloody that. now and it it proposes that uh in the form of song again i can't do it justice describing here that um one it will make it worth his while to kill someone to to feed him because it can do whatever it likes like it's responsible for the success in the business that yeah. if it wants, uh, if he wants money or girls or fame, and it's, he finally gets attention with one particular girl, he could help, uh, the plant could help him get Audrey. Um, pauses, but still can't think of a reason why he should kill someone. That is when we see Audrey and her boyfriend come back and he, um, we saw it, see him hit her in silhouette. And we've already seen she had black eyes and has her arm in a sling um, already. So we know it's we know they have a he's very very abusive, and that and that Pep Seymour right up. He's he is left at the end of the song, yeah, ready to like go and murder food. the dentist. Does he looks big like plant food to me? Yeah, and he does big panting at the end. He does like a big frowny face and like. A... <laughs> yeah, so so Audrey too kind of makes out that he's wait. Am I assigning a gender to Audrey too? Are we just saying? Yes. <laughs> I don't plants, know why. I did in a, with with modern sensibilities, I guess plants are they them? They plants <laughs> have both genders, right? I guess. Sounds about right. Mushrooms um, have more than that. They they have loads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, at this point, Audrey too is acting like a genie. Even says that in the song. Yeah. That is a genie. And can grant pretty much like any any wish in a way. We're not we're not supposed to think that there's any sort of like alien because that is kind of revealed slowly, isn't it? That uh, comes out at the very end. It's just a weird plant that is able yeah. to talk and move. And that's the point when he says that he's not going to kill someone because you are a plant, an inanimate object, and the plant forcefully. Audrey points out that if I can talk and if I can move, I can do whatever I want. And um, mm. does this look inanimate to you, punk? <laughs> Yeah, just say that. Um, so then obviously is when Seymour hatches a plan to kill Orin, um, goes to the dentist, and this is when Bill Murray gets his his cameo as well. Bill Murray is another person like John Candy who's in the film for like two or three minutes and is absolutely <laughs> steals the show, right? So we've this is going to show like my poor Orin's... knowledge of King. So he's like a sadist, right? He enjoys hurting people and he sings in his song that he gets poor off on the plane he inflicts. <laughs> um, whereas uh, Bill Murray's character, is he like a... Like he likes to be hurt, right? 
Mm, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, the thing that always gets me with this scene is that he loves going to the dentist and he loves loads of pain, but he has got the most fucked up teeth you've ever seen. <laughs> so, <laughs> they do look fucked up, don't they? Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> I was literally like, I don't think I've ever looked into Bill Murray's. Has anyone heard the latest Bill Murray news before I move yeah. on? Yeah. Is this true? Is this true? Oh no! Uh, who is it that this? he's going out with? I'm gonna. I've, I've blanked on it, but it is like someone that you'd be surprised by. It's he's gonna going be out like with Aurora or something. He's going out with Kelise. Kelise, that's it. Bringing milkshakes to the yard. Yeah, Kelise. <laughs> and is I mean that I'd love to know how they met and how they hit it off. Milkshakes, and, obviously, yeah. in a yard. It's obviously, the bloody milkshakes, mate. Isn't it? Yeah, in the... <laughs> doesn't discriminate. <Jesus. laughs> It's absolutely. It's weird though because wasn't Bill Murray like, kind of, kind of almost a bit cancelled recently for some sort of on set behaviour, in, well, he's always in been some ways. Pretty awful, like on set. Yeah. I mean, like that's why he didn't come back for the second Charlie's Angels movie, wasn't it? Because he was meant to be really awful to the the cast. Didn't get on with Lucy Lou, right? Yeah, that's oh, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah he was no horrible to her. That's kind of strange, isn't it? But yeah, so I'm almost interested to see what the scenario would have been. None of my business, of course, but still, you what you wondered about these things, don't you? Kalise doesn't um, discriminate, Ben. She clearly states that her military brings all the boys to the yard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. I suppose that it is inclusive of Bill Murray. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it doesn't say my milkshake bring brings specific. all boys uh, <laughs> five years within my age bracket up or down. Done <laughs> the business. Um, yeah. so yeah, obviously, he's so Bill Murray's character is pretty much Orin's nemesis, right? Because he it wants really to inflict pain, him out, right? <laughs> yeah, and he just tells him to leave eventually. I love that when he's like, he's, he's 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 really trying to hurt him and he's like screaming, Thank you. And my favorite bit is when he like he's really trying to hurt him, but he's like really in his mouth, like trying to like twist his teeth, and he has his hands across his back, he's like massaging his shoulders. Oh. <laughs> you are something special. <laughs> it's your professionalism that I respect. It's the, like, the girl in the waiting room that always gets me, where she's got that huge contraption on her face that's like holding her her mouth open. Yeah. And yeah. What did he do to you? Look at you are. Yeah. Well, like, yes, they are. They have. They have to do that to dislocate the jaw. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and he throws him out, and I love how he's extra angry with him. It's like, get out of here! And then Molly's throwing him out. He like goes to push him he's like, he finds he's nicked one of his things and it's in his pocket oh, yeah. it's like what is this <laughs> yeah and then basically goes at Seymour Hard is like look you would you be scared if I did this and he's like yes come in drags him in um, yeah tries to make an example of him and then he puts on his weird contraption that gives him all the nitrous oxide directly into his it's like the, the tanks on his back and it's got the weird little pumps on the front and there's all sort of nose things that pump it into his face. Yeah, it's kind of terrifying, isn't it? Yeah. Again, indelible memory here because he starts to sort of thrash around and he's having too much gas when Seymour pulls out his gun and he's like hysterically laughing, what's that? A gun? <laughs> Kid's got a goddamn revolver. He's like trying to lose. I'm in trouble now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so he's obviously cracking up um, um, and then he tries to like switch it off, doesn't he? But then he just he breaks the, breaks the nozzle off. Um, he's overdosing. Tries to point out that he could asphyxiate, but before he can get that word out, he does mm. exactly that. Um, I guess from a from a story perspective, we're retaining Seymour being a 
good guy here, right? Because yeah, the dentist is dead. He has been killed. And he is, in the following scene, fed to a hungry plant. But Seymour didn't shoot him or kill him. Yeah. No. Chops him up. Good and proper. Oh, yeah. Chops him up. And there's obviously pretty much no blood in these sequences, is there at all? Oh, really? It's... Very little. No. Well, just some little yeah. red spots. And it's just because just, just all the body parts are wrapped up in newspaper as well, aren't they? Um, so yeah. yeah, feeds feeds him to to Audrey too, and that causes Audrey too to grow even more, even bigger. But I tell you what, though, enormous. It's not all. It's not all sunshine and lollipops because you'll never guess who was just popping by the shop to stick his head in. Ah, Mister Mushnick. He witnesses it and he goes backs away off. like Homer Simpson into a hedge. <laughs> <laughs> goes running off. Um, but yeah, pretty much when he, so obviously this isn't this isn't immediate, but Mister Mushnick is going to use that to his advantage a bit later. Advantage a bit later, yeah. But first, Audrey does deliver, and we get a beautiful belter of a little love song here because the police have been to see Audrey off off camera and told them that her oh, boyfriend yeah. has disappeared. Probably. Well, the police are talking to her, and the police police are talking to her in the street. And Seymour goes over, and goes, "What they say to you?" And she goes, "Nothing." Don't give me that. They're literally just talking to you. <laughs> oh, oh asking asking about the strange and interesting plant. Um, and then we do the suddenly Seymour song, which in the sim- cinematic release comes up a couple of times, mm. but this is our big delivery here, where um, you know, again. The actress who plays Audrey, some great things, talks about when she met Orange Gamelo DDS in the gutter. And he's like, in the gutter? Yeah, it's a local night spot. I'd go, and, local... wear, I'd go and wear cheap, I'd go and wear cheap, like cheap tacky outfits, not nice ones like this. And as it's happening, like the the panel is like Wes Anderson centered on her when she has like a low cut top and like her boobs like stuck up to her, stuck up to her ears. Um a lovely bit of like a visual nod and like you don't notice it I remember watching this film when I was a tiny little kid thinking oh poor Audrey had a hard time this isn't a joke at all so innocent uh, yeah and following that is when Mushnick confronts Seymour and says he saw everything but he says if you I'll give you a one way ticket out of town if you just leave the plant to me because obviously he wants to take advantage of the of the renewed interest in the shop and the plant and, and things are coming in right so at this point we're getting he's being offered tv appearances and he's on life magazine he's becoming big and famous yeah yeah of course and he says all you need to do is tell me how to how to look after it and he's like oh you don't want to know you don't want to know everything i've been through but again this is so mr mushnick again this his his death isn't down to seymour either yeah how did you? How did you both read this? Do you read it then as like a an accident? I've seen it in stage plays where it's the plants gesturing to him, and he kind of backs him into it, like as he's talking, me, and he has him step back, and he's kind of complicit mm. in that because he's saving it. Because the song, the auditor sings a song at the time, and I'm not sure if we're meant to be able to hear it as the audience mm. about yeah. the, on, the time, isn't it? That's, yeah, yeah, like a supper time song. Yeah, yeah I, I, 
find it weird that Mushnik's got a gun and is suddenly starting to back away from Seymour. I don't really understand why that happened, but it, you know, yeah. obviously, he's just not. He's no no idea what he's um capable of, I guess, because he saw him chopping up some body parts. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and, and a, in some of the stage performances, it's not that he backs him into it. There's others where, like, I've seen other ones where it's like, um, he talks about, oh, it needs water, and I keep, oh no, he, I think he said he kept, puts the day's takings, and he didn't have time to put them in the safe yet, but I've left them just in the pod of the plant, and when he goes in to get them, the plant just chomps down on his on his head, or he tricks him into putting his head too far in. So yeah. I've seen versions where Seymour is basically more complicit into tricking him into being eaten by the plant but you're right in this version i feel it could be either way it could just be the way that things have gone and he's still quite an innocent party because mm. i think when mushnik puts his head into the plant like seymour says like no or something like that yeah just before he yeah he jumps down on him just before he gets eaten like again stage play advances this a little bit more as well so in the stage version um Seymour was taken in by Mushnik when he was a little kid. There's a, another song that's in the stage version which talks about him adopting him because he realizes that Seymour's becoming famous and basically becomes his dad. Right. Um, so he adopts him. So he technically is a Mushnik at this point, although he still just calls him Krellborn. Mm-hmm. Like he, um, yeah, so he, he's adopted him and it's like his, it's like there's a familial tie there. Um, and there's another bit on the song, um, the Meechel and Herrick, we get like a little snippet of this of that song in this version, um, where you see him being like treated and being given um offers and deals and things yeah. like that to appear on television and things. He gets offered like his own TV show, doesn't yeah. he? And then so that's something that happens. I mean, we get the snippet of that, like a really, really short version of this song in the in the film. Again, stage play-wise, we get um an extended bit here where Seymour kind of pauses before he signs all the contracts and says, um, no, I'm not going to sign any of these things. I have to make a choice. At this point, he's killed the dentist, so it is around this time of the story. Um, To continue this lifestyle means more killing, and it means that I'm willing to to do this because now I know how how it works. If I sign these contracts it means i'm committed to killing people that i'm complicit in this and then he pauses thinks that audrey won't love him anymore if if he doesn't have the success and money and then he signs the signs the contract so there is a moral choice that's made in the um in the play that doesn't get translated to the stage version i wonder if it's because you can't think rick moranis is a bad bloke right he's a a lovely man yeah who's gonna buy that no one no one. You can only suspend disbelief so far. Yeah, exactly. So is not lo- now when Seymour sort of hatches the plan to escape Skid Row, um, with yeah. Audrey. With Audrey, he goes yeah. outside and says, oh, "I think we have a we have another little bit." He's sick of it. Like the people are bothering him to do TV shoots. The plant falls over, and he says, "I can't feed it now." Sends all the TV people away for oh, the day. Yeah. This, so they'll be back the next day. Oh, I've got some, I've got some plant food over here. I'll feed it. No, no, no not fuck it. Can't do that. Can't do that. Um, so yeah, no. he gets rid of them. But I guess a little bit of time has a little bit of time has passed. Maybe in a couple of days or what have you. Mushnik's just away. Yeah. Um. Uh. And they he asks Audrey if she'll marry him, and they agree that he'll 
sign the papers, agree to do the television show, get the money, and then just move away and never have any plants again. Hightail out of there. Um, Audrey asks... Audrey 2, I should say. Difficult when two characters got the same name. Uh, Audrey 2 asks for more food. He offers to go and get it some meat from down at the shop, but Audrey 2's got other ideas. It is now quite mobile, uses the payphone to phone up Audrey... Is this when Audrey starts using the term of phrase tough titty over and over again? Yeah, he says it a few times when he's like, oh, you ain't having none of this. Absolutely perfect. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) This is out of no shit, Sherlock, at some point as well. Um, Does he? Yeah. Um, Yeah, so it tempts Audrey over, and I think this is the point. This is where, real sliding doors moment, everybody. This is where we get our a stone that splits the splits the streams of time, mm. and um, lovely echo the dolphin two reference there. Uh, oh, wow. And then we, um, <laughs> and we, uh, our endings will now differ. So the original ending, which you can watch now if you watch the director's cut, it's been fairly well restored and colorized, and it's pretty well complete on the director's cut of the movie. Um, is the ending that you get in the stage version, but did not go down as well with test audiences for the cinema so yeah. we have a so, cinematic so did everyone say well. it was a bit bit of a bit of a bummer yeah they're real real bummed out by it yeah that's a shame isn't it? um i mean um, we'll talk which ones you prefer later but right now um well, well i guess we'll cover how it happens so in a in a little sing song a sort of repeat a refrain of the supper time song it asks audrey to give audrey two asks audrey one to give it some water and as she goes to pour the water in it grabs her and starts eating her yeah while in a wedding dress as well she's already got her wedding dress on yeah she's gone to get she's gone to get a wedding dress to get married to get married that that very evening <laughs> um so how do we do this um i guess original uh original ending Seymour goes to get Audrey but a little bit more blood on this one it's not so she's got like a bloody middle where it's basically bitten her across the Mm. across the sternum um uh he drags her outside uh and I I really like this bit now I think on reflection when I'd watched this as a kid I would have been like the cinema audiences and been like oh this is sad I don't like it now but watching yeah, it I now did, i did like this version yeah thematically I mean, it fits in it fits in so well because as audrey 2 is picking her up in the original version it says your friend the dentist and mushnick are already in here you'll be joining them again real soon um and i love the little take she gives outside she's like when i die which i imagine will be very soon <laughs> I want you to. I want you to feed me to the plant, and she At does. At this a little... point, I was like, "How could she be dying? She's got like a little scratch on her neck. She looks absolutely fine." It's, it's a lovely like stage death, though. It's isn't like it? Padme. It's like a Padme. It, death. Yeah, Padme. Give given up or Kate Beckinsale in Van Helsing. If I get winded being knocked onto a sofa, fucking die. <laughs> yeah. a long day. Peace out. Done. <laughs> yeah. See you or later. a woman, or a woman from Sylvester de Stallone's action rescue movie Daylight, where literally turns around and then one of the characters is crying because his wife has literally just passed away while the camera was off her for a second. <laughs> so I thought she was just resting. No. Given up on life. Given up Give on up. life. I've had enough. Like I've Creasy had a Bear from Man on Fire. 
when those gangsters are going, I've got you now, Senor Crease. So you're going to die. It's like, ha, joke's on you. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my um, God. People who can die when they choose to, when it's dramatically relevant. Um, yeah, she's she's in that list. She's chosen when to die, and is, and she does a refrain of the somewhere that's green song. But now mm. it all makes sense because that's where she's going to be yeah. inside the plant, somewhere that's green. So she says about being inside the plant, and in that and that way, she's still there with Seymour in some ways. That kind of and she, she does saying? love him because she's she wants him to be successful and thinks that if I'm dying anyway then it's worth me being fed to I mean, the plant because it will mean you still get what you deserve. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And then he goes back inside. Before that, again, we get a little... I get Maybe this was the bummer bit because the alternate version, the cinema version here that differs is that she is fine. They yeah. have a repeat of the Suddenly Seymour song and we get a comedic, like, sorry, kids, if I can just stop you singing for a minute. There's something I like to... This is where we get Jim Belushi, who says he would like to take cuttings of Audrey 2 and sell them across America, and they'll be bigger than hula hoops. In the original version, um, a lot more grimly, sad following Audrey's death. So uh, Seymour does go in and feed Audrey to the plant and then storms out in terrible traumatic tears and then goes to the shop's roof where it looks as if he's going to jump off. It doesn't but even I, look that high, does it? I kept looking at it thinking... You're going to break your legs, but be alive. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know about that either. Maybe like one broken ankle, possibly. Maybe the spikes, I don't know. But um, he's going <laughs> to... Spikes! I'm going to be a spike, a spike! Yeah. Um, he's going to jump He's going to jump off, but then someone else, not Jim Belushi, goes, Oi, I've just taken... cut. I, I've taken a cutting of the button. He has one already. He has a baby Oh, yeah. One. It's got one made up. Uh, and says, look, I took, a cut, I took a leaf cutting and actually this will this will grow. We could sell them across America. We need to just license it from you. Um, and then and then we can do this. It'll be it'll be huge. So either motivated by revenge and knowing that the the Audrey 2 plans to take over the world, or very happy but realizing he has to go back and confront the plant because otherwise it's going to take over the world he goes back in and whichever way the time streams converge again and we get a song yeah uh what song this is a mean green mother from outer space oh yeah yeah that's it yeah yeah. i think possibly my favorite growing up yeah, it was the one that everyone used to sing in school and stuff because it had like bad words and things in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um So here is where it's confirmed that Audrey 2 is from space as well. Yeah, yeah, this is where he that's the revelation. That's the bit where Seymour said even like repeats it as like, out of space and then he keeps carries on singing. But the, my favorite bit in that is the where he snatches the gun from him and spins the gun round and then yeah. starts we get see oh, shoots yeah. him in the back shoots him through the back <laughs> office like 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 blowing all the windows out yeah <laughs> and um audrey too casts some fairly major shade to other horror franchises in this film and if you remember a little bit of impromptu trivia yeah which which things do he uh, which uh which items does he throw some shade at here what are the horror icons i know he mentions the creature from the black lagoon yep I want to say the thing, the thing, and it, and it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, in the extent, I think in the certainly on the soundtrack, there's another one where he talks about um, King Kong. Don't talk to him about old King Kong. Think yeah, he's the worst. You're thinking wrong. 
Don't talk to me about Frankenstein. He's got a temper. Huh? He hasn't got mine. He says ain't, but you know. Um, yeah. Really throws... I, I loved this song growing up. And then we get another little convergence here as well. Sorry, a divergence of the time streams once again. Original cut, what happens at the end of the song is um, it basically eats Seymour. He unequivocally picks him up, puts him in his gob, chews mm-hmm. him up. His broken glasses are on the floor. He Spits is 100%, well, yeah. 100% dead. Eaten. The end. Sad ending. Our main protagonists, both dead. Yeah. In the nice ending, though, um, the at the climax of the showdown song, Audrey 2 basically pulls several of the supporting pillars out of the shop and loads of the roof falls down. Seymour is buried in rubble. But unfortunately for Audrey 2, his hand emerges from the rubble with an electrical wire and like the shark in Jaws 2, he is electrocuted. We get some lovely sort of animated blue electricity going around him. Um, rotoscoped. We get, we get, yeah, lovely rotoscoped electricity. And uh, Audrey too has just enough time to do another little bad word. Again, very popular with with me as a kid because he says, "Oh shit!" <laughs> and then explodes. Seymour steps out of like the smoke in the rubble. They have a little hug, and the film ends in the cinematic release here, where we see them go off to somewhere that's green, their lovely yeah. sort of picturesque suburban house. Walk into their, walk into the house, and at the end of their lawn, at the end of the garden, in the border, there's a tiny little Audrey too that gives us a cheeky wee smile. And if he had eyes, he'd give us a little wink here, but he doesn't, so it's just implied by his smile. Um, smug plant, really smug. But in the original, we get one more song, which teaches us the folly of um, taking, you know, sacrificing our morals, Ben, for. Um, for the for the offer of riches and fame and promises yep. that can be made to us. It's called Don't Feed the Plants. And we get our chorus girls again, giving us a song that basically outlines what happens like in cities across America. Um other poor jerks were sort of hoodwinked into hoodwinked by plants, sweet talked into plants by of feeding them blood and then eventually people when they finally realised their plan, which was to eat Des Moines and then several other places. Uh, and then we get <laughs> Don't Feed the Plants. Again, if you watch the director's cut now, I remember on the first DVD release of this, it being a far rougher copy um, mm. hidden in the back of a DVD menu now. But thankfully, one of the few improvements of the digital age is that now this has been fairly well restored and you can watch that and it's fairly in keeping with quality of the rest of the film. I think maybe the giant Audrey 2s have slightly less texture to them because they have to CGI them at some point, I think. Still looks but pretty good, though. I still looks really good. It doesn't right. feel too out of place. Yeah, and it goes on for quite a while. They destroy everything. They yeah. eat so many people, they eat cinemas and shops yeah. and sorts of things. And the final shot is, like, the plants on top of uh, Statue of Liberty with, like, helicopters circling as on. And then it comes through the cinema screen at you. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I kind of thought, yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, that would have been effective if you saw it in the cinemas, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. There we yeah. go, then. So we've done two endings. Which ones do you prefer? Ben, you've watched it for the first time right now, so you haven't got any nostalgia to lean back on. Which one did you like the most? I think I did enjoy the... the um. 
is it the alternate ending? The what is the alternate ending? What the one with all the big giant plants? I guess that's the original, but that wasn't that's what came original. out in cinema. So no, it's like... so not the theatrical ending. Yeah, because yeah. I think it is kind of a bit of a bummer, like the characters dying. But at the same time, it ends in a more like the theatrical ending is kind of a bit, like a bit basic. Oh, they win, they go and yeah. Of course, it's a happy yeah. end. It's a nice ending, but maybe the cynic in me is like, yeah, destroy the world. Come on. I think the the original ending is a better horror ending, and I think it watching it now it does pay off. A lot of the a lot of the themes, you know, that Twilight Zoney element of it, that like you have done something bad, you've sacrificed your morals, and you're being taught a lesson, you're suffering for it, right? I think it's a better horror ending, as much as I oh, love yeah. the happy ending, because they're nice people, and it's nice to be nice and see people have happy things, but mm-hmm. same time, yeah, it's, yeah, it feels more like a a typical sort of B movie that that it was building up to. Like it was, this is almost like the creature that you'd find in a in a B movie, and this is like setting up that movie kind of thing. That's what it felt like for me. It was like the you know this is the creation of something that is bigger than the musical now kind of thing. Um, I I love it, but I I've got to say as much as I I'm so used to the the theatrical cut that I did find it jarring the first time I watched it. Um, And I just wasn't expecting it. I had no idea that what was going to come and and I knew there was an extra song and stuff like that. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, actually, I kind of prefer the original ending. I think it's just, it's it's just pretty savage, but it looks incredible. It's super savage, isn't it? Yeah. Brutal. Uh, There we go then. That is Little Shop of Horrors. I guess... Have you got any name game for us? If you, if you could, if you could give me the synopsis, Ben, that'd be worth it. A, ner- a nerdy florist finds his chance for success and romance with the help of a giant man-eating plant who demands to be fed. Okay, so um, we'll follow the theme here, where I'll, there is someone that's had a situation, but that will also inform the name here. So, um, having so in this film that sounds suspiciously like. The Little Shop of Horrors. Um, fresh from resigning her post as media and culture secretary over being uh, having a, a honours uh, disavowed, um, a former MP carries oh. around a big bucket of piss and just, you know, it spills out the top because she's carrying it carelessly. Oh. Um, but she she's not rude, so she wouldn't say piss. She'd say a more child friendly name. We tiddle, it, piddle. I'll take piddle. I wrote whiddle, but that's fine. <laughs> piddle. <laughs> um, it's Nadine D- D- Dor. What's her name? Is that what I'm thinking? Doris. Of? Yeah, Nadine Doris. So and it's... she's she's bloody spilling it out the bucket because she's carrying it so carelessly. Whiddle or piddle. Yeah. <laughs> What's she doing? She's, she's, yeah, I'm gone. It's, <laughs> spill, it's spilling out the bucket because she's just milling it about the place, carrying it quite carelessly. Is Doris? Whittle. Yeah. Slop. Yeah, that's right. Whittle slop of Doris. Is that is that film? Jesus Christ! I hate the fact that you do that, and then I'm gonna <laughs> give I'm gonna give you one where I've literally changed one word of the title. Um, it's <laughs> that was good. A florist jumps around on one leg. 
and I'm gonna answer and I'm gonna dignify that with an answer, even though mine are, mine aren't much better. Um I've got a nerdy florist finds his chance for success and romance with the help of a tiny, tiny policeman. The little cop of horrors. That's right, that's correct. Fuck the police. Go on. <laughs> it's A Cab Ben Arrington. A Cab. Um, is another one for you then? Um, let's have a look here. So, um, oh God, <laughs> you've got to, you've got to double check it. It's going to be even more complicated, isn't it? Um, fed up of many many paternity cases. Uh, former disgraced prime minister bears all, and people remark on the incredibly small size of his of his penis, but they use a euphemism for it. Little knob of Boris. Boris. <laughs> uh, I didn't go knob. I went for chop, as in. <laughs> oh God. Okay, God. Boris flopping the chop. That's all horrible. Over the place, isn't it? even worse. Have you got a problem with the Tory party, Andy? All um, right. They're doing their best, Jacob. Not, 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 not to get political, Ben. But I'm cunts. not. I'm, <laughs> not to get political. I think they're cunts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> okay. I'd respect um, them more. I'd respect them very much if I didn't think they were actual criminals. But that's okay. It's true. I'm afraid free mine... one, everyone's a free country. Just about, eh? <laughs> is it on fucking paper? It is. <laughs> I'm afraid that mine are far more not politically charged. Uh, so, <laughs> an early florist finds his chance for success in romance with the help of a lovely, delicious, yogurty milkshake drink. <laughs> Little yop of horrors. <laughs> Little yop of horrors. Yeah, love the yop. Can you? Oh. Can you? Can you give me a bit of the yop theme tune? I know precious little about yops. It's on to. It's up to you, Stu. I have no idea. I Give can't... me up, me mama. Yup, oh. me mama. Yup, Matilda. I'm not going to do a make it an accent thing, but. <laughs> yeah, I'm a <laughs> I know precious little about Yup, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> precious little about Yup, yeah. I'm pretty sure next week's guest, Mr. Edward Harvey, is a fan of Yup. And I think we've discussed Yup in many, on, on probably more than one podcast so i'll save it for next week next week on the british culture podcast ben and i'll be singing the trio song um <laughs> it's very similar it's incredibly similar isn't it it's yeah just take, take, a... take a class a classic sort of um reggae dance hall song and yeah uh, make it about your confectionery product delicious i do love a yop i'm craving um, a yop but incred- incredibly thick it is like drinking it is it is it is a solid it's not a liquid come on it's not as good as the stuff. Okay, <laughs> you got another one, Andy? I've got one more for you. Um, not politically charged, I'm afraid. Sorry, everybody who no. comes to the horror hangout for political content. Mm. Um, finally, <laughs> um, fed up with bloody the prices in Augustine, Rome. One of the <laughs> um, one of the premier, the the leading, the lead. Hang on, hang on, make sure it is Augustine, Rome. Hang on. I was there to look up my Roman poets here. It was, am yes. Lo- am I lost no. already? One of the foremost um, poets of, of in the time of Augustus in Rome is bloody sick of the high prices of Roman, of Roman groceries. So he gets himself 
is is weekly essentials from a low cost British supermarket. Well, it's Lidl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the Lidl, Lidl shop of whom? I give you a clue. Um, it rhymes with Horace. <laughs> does it, Horace? Horace. That's right. Is it? Uh, no, should it, it's like it's an the, Egyptian, an Egyptian. God, you should have done that. It's the should have yeah, but apparently I looked should've, at the actual name. I actually I looked at the actual name Horace, and I was like, famous Horaces, and the only person that comes up is Quintus Horatius Flaccus, known in English as Horace, was the leading Roman lyric poet of the time of Augustus. So, what I'm saying to you, everybody, anyone having kids right now, you want them to succeed, you want them to be famous, you want good SEO on that name. Yeah. Call them Horace. If they go into any type of performing, Sounds they'll great. be the most current famous Horace for a good several thousand years. <laughs> I, apolo- I apologize for the lack of effort it seems I've put in. Have I put in a lack of effort? Have you put in too much effort? I don't know. We should meet somewhere in the middle. It's, all, it's, all, it's all about averages, actually. So on <laughs> yeah. average, we have made a solid amount of effort. <laughs> yeah, a solid amount of effort. Okay, last one. A nerdy florist finds his chance for success in romance with, romance with the help of a giant man-eating plant. But first, he's got to clean the kitchen floor. And the kitchen floor is absolutely massive. And the tool he's been given to do it is incredibly diminutive, tiny, not good enough for the job. Is it the little mop of horrors? <laughs> it's correct. It's the little mop of horrors. Yeah, the more you, the more you give these examples, then the more I think maybe I did overthink it. I think maybe what we're doing here is we're, we're wishing they were the other person in the scenario. We should just meet together in the middle. That's okay. I think hopefully <laughs> I've really engaged the youth. Um, oh, you know, geez. with all of our talk of grot bags and and pink windmill culture, I've really engaged the youth on the political system, and maybe I've turned a few people around. They're thinking actually. I don't think we've been better off since since yep. since they've been and in. But everyone's going to be everyone's going to be watching grot bags, drinking a yop, and not voting Tory for now on. So it's all good. Yeah. I mean, vote the opposite. Do vote tactically, guys. Perfect. Come well, on. Yeah. <laughs> Any more, Andy? Is that it? No, that that's that's it for me. Thank God Any for more? that. Uh, okay, now we've got to rate the movie A to F. Um, rate good or rate bad. Pluses and minuses are allowed. Uh, Stu, would you like to rate Little Shop of Horrors? Oh, A for me, easily. I mean, also because there is two endings, how do you rate both of them? But A, split down the middle for both of them. I think they're cracking. Love Mm. it. Andy, are you you of a similar mindset? I'm with Stu here. It's it's an A for me. One of my absolute favourites. I cannot believe, giving myself a B- minus for not having watched it in such a long time. So it's just about two bloody years stuck in the house. Didn't sit down and watch the Little Shop again. My goodness. Come on. It was um, waiting for you. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm so glad I've watched it again. Really, really cool to see the original ending. Um, or Like after a long time and not being able to see it very well. So, yeah, I'd recommend people watch it, seek it out. It's so much fun. Good songs. Mm. Humming them for days. Get them on the Spotify playlist. You know, like me as a child, imagine if your school ever was to put on a production, you might actually volunteer to be in the drama side of things. Definitely not a trained actor or singer, probably wouldn't have had a chance even if I had been interested and probably would have bottled it anyway. But, you know, the source of any kind of number of, of dreams you can have as a young man. Um, yeah, <laughs> but a great, a great deal of pleasure from this film. I time. like it very much. 
How about you, Ben? Well, as the first time watching it, obviously I've not got much of a nostalgic connection for it, but the way it's kind of affected a lot of pop culture over the years, I can see that. Um, and yeah, I, I appreciate it for what it was. It had a great cast, great songs. I'm probably just going to go for a B for now, just because, you know, my relationship with um, musicals is a bit of a, of a, of a difficult one. But, you know, maybe it, maybe it could grow in time. But I think in terms of a horror comedy musical, when you add those three words into the mixer, it does everything you kind of would like, to, you would expect of it, doesn't it? So not wrong yeah. with a B either, Ben. Don't need to apologize for it. D's get degrees, my friend. So you keep on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the attitude. That's the attitude I carry into life. Okay. Um, thanks for joining us, Stu. Where can our listeners find more from you? Uh, so if you're on the YouTubes, um, if you look up StuTube, but it's S-T-O-O-T-O-O-B, um, and you'll see a whole host of uh, top 10 videos. Uh, basically, most of my channel is uh, sort of unsung films or films that you might have missed of a certain genre. So it might be um, musicals or found footage or anthology horror movies, things like that. And it's just me sat in front of my couch chatting about films that I quite like. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds great. As somebody who's always checks out a brand new Stu Tube video when it when it goes up online, I can recommend it as well. Um, so. There we go. You awesome. could be like me, watch them and just just imagine years later, oh, this is just a thing I knew. No, it's all <laughs> Stu. I wonder how many other things I only know because of Stu. <laughs> <laughs> all of the things. Now, next time I'm driving, I'll be like, did I ever take lessons? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have to get the hang of this <laughs> uh okay thanks everybody for listening if you enjoyed the show become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout thanks to our current patrons including john crinnan ben scaife stephen christopher toby miller scott rigby lane spencer ollie child leslie carlo julia bilgren nick spill troy bush rosalind harnies and pazuzu thanks to taj easton for our theme music Thanks to Acast for hosting the show. Please consider giving us a rating or review. Head over to the Facebook group, Horror Hangout Board of Advisors, for more. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Next week's episode is Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2. Been waiting for this one for a while. With Ed, Mr. Edward Harvey returning to the show. Looking forward to that I'm so sad one. to be missing next week. I'm off on me pre-birthday holidays, Ben. What? Yeah, um, but I will give you a little. Uh, give you a little. Uh, I'm joking. I'm joking. Hell, have I forgot <laughs> to tell him? No. Um, yeah, I might. I might get round to watching it, and maybe I'll record a cheeky little bite sized about it, so I can. Yeah. So I can join in. It join is, in the it fun. I mean, what? Who would an miss an opportunity to watch Blair Witch Two: Colon Block of Shadows? <laughs> yeah. Or I thought it, I always thought it was that, but after doing a bit, of, just looking at it this week, it's Book of Shadows: Colon Blair, Blair Witch Two. Oh, is it? Oh, that. no. Very confusing. confusing. It's a Resident Evil biohazard situation all over again. Um, <laughs> tell you what, though, Ben. Another. Do you want? Do you want to finish on a real life horror? When we oh, went after having my week off, when I return for the following episode to round up June. I'll tell you why I told you you could take care of the TikTok TikTok stuff. Fucking forty when I get back. This little oh, break. We should do some sort of. We should do some sort of celebration, some sort of yeah. special. Maybe at the start of July, we'll watch a forty-year-old movie or something like that. Yeah. Well, I so a film next week. Yeah, so a film. It, of course, your birthday's really. Yes. Wait, you turn forty next week? No, I turn forty-two next week. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
There we but go. <laughs> the hands of time. They yeah, get we'll us watch, all eventually. We'll watch a 40-year-old movie, so what, something from the 1960s? That's 40 years ago, right? Yeah. yeah. Or 40 Days, 40 Nights, which you might have done already, to be honest. No, I haven't done 40 Days, 40 Nights. only 30 Days of Night, which is not enough. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, when you said yeah, 30 well, Days, 30 Nights. Yeah, not that film with Harrison Ford and whatever her name, but that is a horror. <laughs> that is a real-life horror. That's terrifying. It's 40 Days, 40 Nights, the one where the guy isn't allowed to maz off for that long, otherwise he loses all that money. That's it. I'm thinking of the... the... What, am I, what am I thinking of? <laughs> We're all as confused as each other. We're all as confused as each other. And on that note, uh, from three, from three guys, one who's very nearly 40, one who's only just gone 40, and one, I'm approaching 40 as well, you know? There's nothing nothing bad about it. I've just said it out loud for the first time ever, and I just felt a little pang of pain in the chest. <laughs> Maybe this is the end. Folks, don't, worry make about it. This, don't worry about this 40-year-old stuff. Don't like just it's just a number guys don't ride high on it now because you know time's gonna come for you all right yeah but so... if you do if you do remember grot bags you are too old for tiktok <laughs> that is officially it so there we go until, until... Delete, delete my account <laughs> until the grot bag renaissance the <laughs> grotaissance that's coming that's coming hard i think that's the perfect note to end the show on uh yeah. okay i'm gonna tweet some things about grot bags now which out of context will confuse and enrage many <laughs> in rage uh, I'm just going to tweet a picture of um, Marilyn, I still don't know her name <laughs> Marilyn Migger- what's her name? Marilyn Margulies. I'm just going to tweet a picture of her and not rest in peace drop bags yeah. <laughs> she'll be like oh god not this again no don't Ben because I think she's been poorly in hospital recently you might get cancelled I won't do it oh. I won't do it Yeah, I won't do it right okay <laughs> I'm Thanks, not everybody. drop bags and I'm not every- <laughs> oh, right Thanks, everybody. Good night, everybody. See you next Bye. time. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.